Edition 206 Achievement Unlocked with Carolyn Hogue, writer, traveler, childhood friend, Capricorn Chica. Join the team as you get acquainted with a rich monster who has WWed <laughs> with goats, woofed, yeah, I know, <laughs> with goats on the West Coast, chilled in Berlin, and whose personal journey with mysticism has taken many turns. Welcome and well met. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, you're uh, literally a childhood friend, which we can get into. Uh, we've talked for year, a few years now, I think the last like year or two, um, and it's been crazy. But we'll get into all this. I'm kind of like not doing my normal shtick here. So it is the 206th episode, which reduces to eight numerologically, which is the strength card according to David DeAngelis' Starman Tarot deck, who's been on the podcast a few times, says, I face my fears with the strength of love and persist uh, and patience, rather. Strength is about trusting yourself, letting your inner endurance shine, using your power to embrace the amazing person within you have everything within you to succeed. Raphael, what's the card you've got? We got the angel number 20. It is the angel of redemption belonging to the thrones. This angel helps to discover all the mysteries of spirituality and helps to achieve a closer connection with the divine. Dominates spirituality, morality, theology, and helps you find the right vocation. It is God the Redeemer, associated with uh, Cancer, Venus, Water, the Two of Cups, once again, and the affirmation is, I accept that everything cannot be perfect all the time. Knowledge of good and evil, deliverance, and harmonious spiritual life are the angel qualities, among others. So, Hogue, uh, any of that resonate with you? Uh, definitely, actually. Um, so, well, specifically, very specifically, the vocation part, because I'm actually like kind of looking into my next step and where I'm going to go. And I think that also takes like strength. I'm kind of like trying to be focused right now and kind of figure out what my next move is. I feel like every time we talk, that's the story. <laughs> uh, <over> the <laughs> past few years, I've been like, go get educated in Germany. We like, I'll meet you there. We'll live in a house or, you know, I don't even know the whole story, what we've been doing lately. Cause it's been a while since we've talked, but honestly, have, honestly, what's up? 
just to say my question would be right off the bat is how much can you actually figure that out <laughs> i'm wondering right. myself you know <laughs> right yeah exactly but you know just like kind of universe give me the signs like which lead should i follow or like which string should i pull and uh i definitely had one with berlin like we were saying um I like wanted to go and I was like saving up, saving up. And then I had finally reached my like savings goal to that I was comfortable with to go over there. And then we got shut down. So <laughs> I kind of have been in limbo for a while along with everybody else. Yeah, I totally feel you. I was going to say, my, I still have a redeem coupon for the Vienna ticket that I didn't take to meet Raphael. So, all right. little context. You really got a coupon? Well, I've got like $180. It was weird. It was like, do you want a refund, which we may never give you because our airline might shut down, or do you want half the value in a fucking like voucher? And I'm like, give me the voucher. So I've got $180 and voucher. The voucher is valid for what exactly now? I guess anything through Kiwi.com. I'm not exactly sure. It's got to be right, me. Right. I could rent a car, I guess, or get a hotel or get a flight, but that's kind of a tricky thing. Obviously. Well, hopefully I kind of experienced that myself. Um, with a ticket, which is how I ended up in um, Europe for a time, because uh, I had like a coupon or, or a voucher or whatever. But with the rebooking fee, it might have ended up being like $80 towards my ticket. So hopefully that's not the case for you. I don't know, but we'll get to that. So long story short, Raphael, um, I grew up in, well, I grew up in a few places, but mostly Richmond, Virginia. And um Caroline lived across the street. Well, my neighborhood was on one side of a main street and hers was on the other, basically. So, like, opposite sides of the neighborhoods. Um, I don't remember which one. Like, Labrador Retriever's Ridge? or I forget, like, what you were... Mm -hmm. Oh, was that it? Retriever's Ridge? Yeah. Was your, oh, yours shit. was, like, Waterford or something? It was Waterford. What yeah. name? <laughs> right. So, she lived literally, like, I don't know, a thousand yards away, maybe... 2,000 yards away um, kind of thing. Maybe more than that. Jesus Christ. But you see my point. Like, very close. Um, opposite of the main road, though. So it was almost like another world. And, but I don't... I think you you moved there when I was in high school, maybe? Or, like, last years of middle school? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, we're classmates, um, basically. Uh, sat together at lunch. I said, we're classmates. We graduated together. We're fucking hung out. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so fill me in on kind of any details you feel are pertinent with what I'm not getting. Uh, I mean, you nailed it. I moved down um, middle of my freshman year. So I was like, didn't know anybody in Richmond. And it was like a huge culture shock moving to the West End of Richmond from Bel Air, Maryland. So <laughs> did you sit with me at lunch that year or was it later? Uh, I feel I've smoked like... so much pot, I can't recall. <laughs> I know, right? I know that we were friends freshman year, and then I think we kind of like revisited our friendship in the lunchroom like junior year. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, it wouldn't surprise me if I was like, yeah, sit here, strange girl from another land. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember. Stranger in a strange so, land. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so you grew up in Maryland. I don't know. I mean, kind of fill us in on. We don't. It's weird because I, you are a childhood friend, and I don't know if I've had any childhood friends on yet, and. But it's kind of one of those things where we didn't like kick it every day. It was kind of Vesica Pisces life where it's like I had uh, – we had friends that kind of overlapped. Um, I think you drank more. I think I smoked more weed. But I I don't even think I drank at all much in high school. We chilled. I mean, you know, we were in like a little social group that overlapped. And we always like – I mean, I just remember you and I like always kind of like 
respecting each other like dude nod whenever we were at parties or whatever <laughs> it's because you're sophisticated you're cool <laughs> like you weren't like being a dumb bimbo or you know what i mean like i was just like oh she's chill um yeah you are capricorn's son i think sagittarius moon gemini rising yeah yep Yep. All right, yeah. yeah, Gemini Rising. I mean, I'm a double Gemini. Of course, I'm going to see my tribe, my faux tribe. <laughs> like, look, she's wearing my flesh, like Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre style. She wants to be a Gemini. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we used to, I mean, like I said, I we probably smoked weed a few times. I don't know if I ever tripped with you. Maybe. I, you might have come over and watched us jam, like my brother and I play music once or twice. I, I definitely, definitely did. Okay, yeah, that makes sense a little. But, um, but yeah, like, like you were saying, it seemed like, I mean, we weren't in a lot of the same classes if any it was almost like just kind of like extracurricular overlap yeah maybe did we have maybe i'm misremembering it but do we have like a spanish class together did you i did not take no okay i was like there's no way (laughs) um so anyway that was godwin shout out home of the eagles yay uh which is kind of funny i was thinking about the other day like i don't you weren't there yet but in middle school we would go to godwin games and like stand over in the like near the sign where all the kids you know congregate and that was somehow much more interesting than when i was actually there in high school like i went to Mm -hmm. played football uh, freshman year but then it was like this isn't as nearly exotic as it was when you're not supposed to be here um all right kind of fill me in i don't know like as much as little as your life story i know that's kind of a here take the conch kind of thing but like i'm not sure what you want to speak about yourself um you've had a rather interesting life and you've done some traveling and we've kept in touch more recently uh like like i said the past two or three years we were talking doing charts you know you'd hit me up i'd pull you cards that kind of shit i think when i was in ecuador we were talking a bunch um, yeah, yeah, we would yeah. cards for each other and stuff. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. And then, but you'd also be this Capricorn Saturnian spirit, which is like, I don't know if I believe in this shit anymore. Like, <laughs> what? Don't take my magic. It's all I got. Um, no, I go in and out. Like, it's not that I don't believe in them. It's like constantly going for guidance is like becomes troublesome for me and it gets me away from intuition, if that makes sense. Because I'm yeah. like constantly seeking outside guidance rather than inner. Raphael, what's your thought on that uh, statement, that concept? I mean, tools are cool, but don't become, like, addicted to the tools kind of thing. Well, never. If everything is a permission slip, ultimately, it's all only you yourself deciding what a permission slip is. So, yeah, pretty simple to me. I'm not, you know, sometimes speaking about these things, one may become dogmatic. One of the few things I may be dogmatic about is not being dogmatic, except for the things I'm dogmatic about. But, <laughs> no, it's a pretty dynamic system, you know, so it just makes sense to go with the flow. Yeah. Totes. So, Hogue, kind of walk us through any, you know, you don't have to be all call me Ishmael on it, but, like, you were saying <laughs> you grew up in uh, Bel Air, moved down, kind of recollect your past, fill us in on some gaps, we'll catch up to the present. Yeah, so I guess... um West End was a weird culture shock for me. So like when my parents got divorced, when in my preteens, my mom stayed up in Maryland with her side of the family. My dad was in Richmond. And like I went to high school there for a while. And it was the kind of high school where it was like overcrowded, three stories, like people would throw each other off the balcony over like a chain, like over a Jesus gold Christ. chain. And then I went to Godwin after that, and it was like what a culture shock. So mean, like, girl, like clicky. Yeah. Oh yeah, very prep. I mean, we had it was weird because our school I felt was somewhere between preppy and like party. It was like like affluent mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm. who wanted to get fucked up, basically. Yeah. 
yeah, totally. Um, so I never really, I, I mean, I, I mean, tale as old as time. I never really fit in in high school. Um, you know, and, and I live with my dad and my brother. So it was like a lot of masculine energy there that I like didn't fit in with either. Um, I ended up moving in with Christy Connor. <laughs> you remember that? I don't uh, remember that event, but I remember kind of actually, I think I delivered a pizza right before I moved. Really? Really? And, oh, when I was back after Hawaii and I think her house was in that cul-de-sac. Am I tripping on that in Retrievers Ridge or is that? No, yeah. well, hers was directly across the street from me. Yours was, yours okay. was like down and up and hers was like, I could see her backyard from my backyard. Word. I, I remember her. She is blonde and all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I see her face, but I was like, I, this is where like drugs, traveling, and time don't mix well. Or whatever. <laughs> well, my mom likes to say, "Well, I've slept since then, so I don't remember." <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So I ended up moving in with my best friend uh, at the time, Christy, for the remainder of high school, and kind of lived lived out of there because it wasn't working at home. And, uh, now... was that weird? I mean, was that ideal? I, it is what it is, but like, was that something you wanted or was it like, Oh my God, emergency button help. Like how'd that work? Both. Yes. And word. Um, it's cool that she was available for that. Absolutely. And her mom, Debbie, uh, just was a saint and we, I just connected with her so much. And I was like, actually had the opportunity to find out what it was like to grow up in a loving home. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, like, uh, more chicks, <laughs> less, more, less more chicks for sure. Um, yeah. Her older sister oh, played such a mean trick on me. Oh my God. But, but, Sounds like, like it left like, a mark. <laughs> Well, it was before I moved in, and then we later found out that, like, we were each other. Does Please that elaborate. make sense? Okay, so I had this Freaky Friday shit? Or guy, and he was like, we were kind of sort of dating. Do I know who this was? His name is Brandon. Uh, and he was older, and I had a crush on him, and we, like, hung out, like you know, we were kind of like talking, I guess, however the casual term is for high school, like hanging out. And, I believe uh, Richmonders uh, called it, or Godwinites called it a quinch. What? Maybe I'm tripping. I remember people in our middle school or high school saying if you had a crush on someone, but it wasn't like making out yet or whatever, it's a quinch. Hmm. Anyway, so Brandon, no, I think we were making out. That's why it like oh, well, stung then, so bad. No, you're not. Then it's not a keen, so it's a real thing. Keep going. Okay, okay. Well, um, anyway, so, uh, like, I called him one night, like, it was a Friday night, and I knew he was having a party, and, like, this girl answered, and she was like, oh, why the fuck are you calling my boyfriend, um, blah, 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 and I just, like, hung up, and I was like, what the fuck, I didn't even know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I felt, I felt bad that I was like, you thought you were being that girl. Yes. And so, uh, found, come find out it wasn't true. It was just this mean girl answering the phone to be mean. Petty bullshit of high school. I do. Not I know. 
and it ends up being Christy's older sister. <laughs> How did you figure out uh, that her? I moved we in like with later voice. on? <laughs> anyway, but we've talked about it. We laughed about it. It's all good. It's like wonderful. How did you figure out it was her? Did she tell you, or were you like, "It's you"? Uh, I think, I think I had the mentioned like, "Oh, oh my God, Brandon!" Like, tried to text me again. I'm so over him or whatever. And he's, she was like, "Brandon who?" And then I like kind of told her what happened in the story, and she was like, "Um, that was me." <laughs> but, anyway, but this is such ancient, ancient history. We don't have to dwell here. Just context yeah, yeah. for the record, people. She was a classmate. I, I these are stories I don't even know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I had a fucking nervous breakdown junior year, uh, or maybe it was senior year actually. So I don't even know how I graduated. I did my fucking midterm that year in Sharpie. I don't remember if you recall this, but I was doing like Kundalini (laughs) yoga and all sorts of crazy shit. I ate mushrooms with Evan Bauer and my brother in deep run park and had this crazy trip where I didn't actually trip, but I was like, as above, so below everything's interconnected holographically. Holy shit. And it kind of fucked with me because I was like, everything's a fractal. <laughs> and of course, this is before YouTube and like new age everything. So I was like, oh my God, I've cracked my yes. skull open. So anyway, I don't know how I even fucking graduated Godwin, but apparently we both did. Um, <laughs> so, and then I, right after that, I went to Charlottesville and did, started doing, you know, Philly, Kalamazoo. I got out of Richmond pretty quick. Um, not even- Was your junior year the time you were telling me about when you just like would wake up in the middle of night and run full speed on a treadmill? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, well, yeah, that was, that was the senior year. I mean, that's what kind of led, it was kind of like manic stuff. That was, okay. I was kind of doing that co-concurrently with the trip. So I was doing that like, I don't know, September, October, November, and then over like Halloween break or somewhere around there, I ate the mushrooms. So I went to see like Lord of the Rings, two towers with, you know, Christy Barron and people like that. And I was like, having multi-dimensional like very donnie darko shit where it's like i am seeing a different movie than y'all uh like it was just intense um, <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah i had an astral projection at that point shit i wasn't ready for shit that nobody in our school was talking about i actually went to a math teacher it's like a guidance counselor and like random people at the school because i was like i can't tell what's happening but like something's happening here and the, this math teacher that I didn't have, because I was like, did I have, like, the revelation? Because I was just like, everything's connected, infinitely scopic. What, like, the fuck? Like, I can't quite grasp this. And I was reading 2001 A Space Odyssey, the book at the time. But um, I went to this math teacher because he was like, go watch 2001 A Space Odyssey and Easy Rider. And I was like, okay. Like, that was his advice. Like, existential crisis. Yeah. I was having, like, a nervous <laughs> breakdown. And he's like... <laughs> check it out man like i don't know he's older so it's like i guess that's the kind of advice we're getting back then i guess anyway <laughs> he was trying um, to turn you on to some cool shit i mean i dude I, it's like uh, bro i've broken through with the mushrooms here clearly like i don't need to like you know born to be wild this shit i don't i don't really know what he was getting at but life is a funny trip like that so um anyway enough about my bullshit like yeah we both graduated somehow tell me what happened after godwin oh nothing much well, okay, so you stayed in Richmond, which is actually a great city. If people ever get um, rough out and butcher the pronunciation, I should have probably told them Richmond. But it's a river city. And we, we lived out in the suburbs, like maybe 10, 15 miles out um, mm-hmm. from the city proper. But Richmond, like Virginia, is on a fault line, I think, technically. And there's like class three or four rapids. It's, got a it's the only. It's crazy. 
urban. It's the only city with class five rapids running through it. Yeah, it's dope. It's like Pony Pasture. Like you can go chill there, smoke weed, drink beer, whatever. Or nothing. Be sober. Yeah, love life. But the point is there's like Belle Isle. Like not many people know what we're talking about, but you do. Um, it's kind They're of really cool history. hangout spots. It's just like, so summers here are amazing because you just basically pick a spot for the summer and keep going. Like, and hang out with all your friends and meet up with your friends at this spot on the river that you like claimed for the summer. <laughs> kind of, you know, you Capricorn, you're like, this is our land. <laughs> well, you know, obviously other people would, but just it seemed like a different theme every summer that it was like one, one, one summer is like 42nd Street, the other summer it's like Belle Isle. And then, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Richmond also is one of these cities that was, um, I mean, I it's got it was probably I haven't thought about this. It was in the news probably more recently because I think people were tearing down statues. Uh, but it's very yeah. Civil War history rich town. Um, I think you know the capital of the Confederacy at one point, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if anybody ever gets a chance to go, it's actually like the most. The way I look at Richmond is like it's the it's the most northern southern place you can go because once you go to D.C., it's not southern anymore. Yeah. Right. That's how um, well, it's really, it's really cool now. Like a lot of the statues are taken down, um, which is great and awesome. I'm all for it. And uh, I, I don't know the name, the new name for this circle. It's like a huge controversy of taking down the Robert E. Lee statue. And which I, I'll be honest. I'm not, if people need to, it's tricky. It's like, did you look at that statue as representational of like slavery? I mean, I guess it is at a level, but I'm like, this is history, and he was a pretty interesting dude. Mm-hmm. So no, I didn't. But also, I'm not a black person in yeah, America, well, where like you, you know, you drive down the street and there's like ten statues of your oppressors. So. You know, it's, it's easy it's for tricky. me to say like, oh, this is history, but it's like, <laughs> I don't, you We're know, not I'm burning like, I don't have nickels that with uh, Thomas Jefferson. It's just tricky. It's weird. I think, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, there's a real wound that has to be addressed. But at the same time, I think people are looking for, they're just trying to look for something to address it with. And it's not always appropriate. So it's like, well, what's so freaking cool is that this, it's called something else now. It's like the, um, I don't know. It's called something something square instead of the Robert E. Lee statue. And I totally forget what it is. The um, revisionist um, history square. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, it is super like graffiti. There's so much art there. There's like live music there almost every day or like some kind of performance. There's like gatherings there. It is so cool what's happening there right now. It's almost like a little New Orleans situation. Yeah. And I mean, I I love Berlin so much because of the graffiti. I love this so much. I think it looks so much cooler, so much better. I mean, it's art now. It's not just like it's not just a, a boring a little statue. Thing. statue. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm okay. I mean, you stayed in Richmond all the whole time, presumably. I mean, I know you got out eventually, did some traveling, but it's like, what kind of jobs were you doing? Um, what you know, I went to VCU for a semester. I actually. Would would have kept going, but basically I went back to Charlottesville in twenty two thousand five, and uh, I think it was maybe two thousand five or six. I forget now, but I went back to Charlottesville and I made a gravity bong and I left it in my fucking shower 
and my grandparents found it. They're like, we're not paying for college anymore. And I was just like, oh, damn it. Yeah, so I just smoked weed in my dorm until I had to leave, basically. Uh, fun times. Yay, Richmond. But um, what were you doing down there? Um, well, I, like, kind of messed around with Jay Sarge. I was still, like, a lost soul. Um, I for the record, Jay Sargent Reynolds is a community college. Community college, yes. there. That's where I was going – that's why I could run on the treadmill and have these manic episodes because I was dual enrolled there. So it's actually all right for what it is. I mean, it's a good option, uh, you know, for the area. Yeah, yeah. But so you were dicking around, getting the credits. What getting was your like credits, focus? Credits. Uh, English. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I eventually got my associates. Um, like uh, later on because it um all your credits would count towards your bachelor's. So I was like, that's the cheapest route for me to go. So I like got my associates. Um, I was, I did a couple cool jobs. Like, um, I was a Red Bull girl. That was freaking that's awesome. Crazy. awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Were you addicted? You were handing days. out like addicted liquids. Were you addicted? Um, no, but I did drink a lot while I was working. Um, Red Bull. A lot of Red Bull. Yeah. Red Bull and vodka was like my go-to in Hawaii. I mean, when we had a gig, I'm like, I want to be tipsy, but I want to stay awake. Here we go. Right. And I did really, it was ridiculous because um, it was just gaining popularity. And they were like, Red Bull is killing people. They had like Their hearts exploded. vodka, Red Bulls. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely only the Red Bull, not the vodka. Cool. Okay. <laughs> like, Were you driving a car or like a little Red Bull thing or what was the shtick? You just walking around in an outfit and like handing out free soda things or how'd that work? Yeah. Um, it had, there, it was multifaceted. It was definitely the Red Bull car. Um, uh, and we were like brand representatives for sure. We did, um, we did like, um, like quarterly meetings where we were like, okay, who needs energy this quarter? <laughs> and it would be like, okay, so it's like prom or it would be like, oh, it's Christmas. So we need like to go to retail shops or, you know, we would do everyday people like needing stuff. And then we would do like big events, which was awesome. I got to go, on an aircraft carrier, I think it was called like the Eisenhower or something. That's dope. I got to go on an aircraft that carrier. Not, that wasn't in Richmond. Where was that? Uh, Norfolk. Okay, okay. So you traveled um, a little like regionally. Yeah, and I got to go to Philly. The people for of Leray Caverns need to be. Huh? No I'm kidding. I was like, the people of Leray Caverns need energy. Let's go get them. <laughs> right. um, Philly's dope. That's pretty far, actually. I'm surprised you went that far north. Yeah, it was, yeah. So it was like um, the Mid-Atlantic Red Bull team? No, not on an everyday basis. These were just our big like events where we would like all show up. Um, but every day we covered everywhere from like just below Nova, like Northern Virginia to Charlottesville down. And we got to go, I mean, I got to go to all these like really cool, small little towns. Um that I would never have normally gone to. Apparently, Red Bull is from <clears throat> Austria. Raphael, did you know that? Well, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, this... being real quiet about this shit, bro. <laughs> like, that's cool. Well, I mean, uh, well, uh, let me. So, simply put, as I understand, there's a few aspects to this. Um, supposedly, the story goes that the guy went to Thailand or something, 
saw some drink that was also somewhat related. And then I, I think Mateschitz bought the license or built it up or something like this and then bought it, something along those lines. And anyhow has been, as you know, of course, super popular with worldwide sporting events. One may certainly debate about the nutritious, nutritional value and so on about the ingredients that are generally presented in any industrially processed uh, food or beverages. However, what's interesting is that this guy is also funding, let's say, one of the most alternative news channels that actually is, you know, widely accessible and almost like a mainstream media outlet for Austria specifically, which is interesting, you know, and diversity of speech is always great. So I just, so find it, just find it. Servus TV. But although this is funny too, because Servus in German or Austrian is just, or Bavarian one may say, is just an expression basically to say hi. But uh, actually, Servus actually means slave. So um, I don't think in this case that this was the intention. But um, yeah, you know, it's always good to know the, the uh, wow. etymology ad of, of anything. But yeah, I just wanted to say that it's funny because on the one hand, you have all these super high important sports things and DJ competitions, which kind of can be nice. On the other hand, I'm like, well, you know, before I promote uh, Red Bull, I'd rather promote, I don't know, raw superfoods or something. But anyways, still at the same time, one of the, in my view, positive expressions is, let's say, a somewhat more alternative TV news channels. They mostly did documentaries, but also in the last year and with the, let's say, general political views, they more often than not also allow contrarian voices to be heard, at least, which I think is always great. Well, that's what's up. One of my favorite snowboarders. Yeah. I mean, they, they sponsor a lot of people, but Travis Rice is like this crazy snowboarder. If you guys ever want to like watch, you know, the Babe Ruth of snowboarding with high def, you know, super high cinematography stuff. Um, Red Bull sponsors that. He's got like a Red Bull helicopter, all this kind of stuff. Travis Rice, check it out. Um, for, I forget what his films are called, but they're like IMAX movies, basically with him snowboarding in like the craziest conditions, like in Alaska and crazy places. But something that I'm more recently concerning Red Bull that I've been into was um, Red Bull Music Academy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. I mean, clearly they're kind of cultural shaping. It's a little more. <laughs> oh, it's dope. Philip Glass has been on there. Talking Heads, um, Bootsy Collins, like just every like you know, electronic people, hip hop, you know, rock, whatever. Um, producers and just kind of getting into their craft. It's on YouTube. Y'all should check it out. I watched a bunch of it. I mean, there's, you know, long form interviews with Philip Glass was a great one, for example. Um, great American uh, composer, minimalist composer. You guys have probably heard his music. I've tripped to it much. Um, anyway, yeah, Red Bull is one of these things where it feels like almost like a, if like Coca Cola got its shit together and was trying to like actually change culture for the better instead of just like destroy people. But that doesn't mean, I mean, I get that Red Bull isn't like health it's, it's, food. Right. So it's interesting. What's your view on that overall? I'd be curious. And you said you even worked like affiliated with Red Bull, Carolyn? Um, yeah. So we would basically hand it out for free, just like as samples. And, so um, a Red Bull slave, technically. <laughs> yeah. But that, um, that name really no, resonated. No, actually, I, I am a huge That's fan just the name of the PB station. Drink. What? Say that again? No, because you bring up the slave again. I just want to be, be differentiate that. So Red Bull is the one thing, the company, oh, and, the and Mateschitz, in a way, would be a name, maybe like Trump in America or something. Like he's known, he's an industry, he has money, you know, he's important. He's got a big restaurant and whatever. And Servus TV is just his, let's say, Austrian TV station 
um and red bull is just another company that you know he owns or whatever yeah so it's oh, not gotcha. exactly the same word caroline the conscious yours ramble away um yeah so i i mean more than a the drink because I, I definitely while we were like you know ingrained that oh it's all natural ingredients um they're still even though they're naturally occurring doesn't mean you should have taurine in your body to that extent so i'm with you on that like i'd much rather promote raw foods and all that um but i was a fan of the work culture like it was one of the best paying jobs i ever had um <clears throat> and uh just their culture in general, really they're like i got paid <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I was looking yeah. at your gene keys. It's all about, uh, well, the shadow is greed for your Jamie. life purpose or something. And it's like work, of course. It's talking about like looking for opportunities and working. It's like your thing. I'm just kind of looking at your shit while we're talking. I know. I'm not. Well, the, that's you're cool, where my Sagittarian works. side kind of balances that God. out. Just... And Gemini rising. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, when I'm interested in even qualified in comparison, like you said, to Coca-Cola, because I never really thought about it that way. For me, it's like both like, you know, too much sugar, caffeine, whatever in it. I just avoid these things just because over time, I also drank it, of course, but over time, I just got other things I prefer. I'm she not necessarily, that. yeah, also, but even in terms of beverages, you know, rock or cow, you make your own kombucha, whatever, there's, you know, many great things you can do. But anyways, I'm not even hating on it. I just would like to know, even in your view, if there is a differentiation, because I never thought about it in that sense, whether one could say, okay, maybe both Red Bull and Coca-Cola are not the most nutritious things here. Actually, Red Bull, Red Bull may very well be ahead, <laughs> I would assume. But in terms of, let's say, social impact, I mean, isn't Coca-Cola along with McDonald's always doing these fitness programs and stuff? But I'd just be interested if you feel that you have more insight into that, how you would kind of evaluate those activities with these two companies compared. I mean, uh, is McDonald's and Coca Cola doing like exercise? I didn't know that. Stuff? Yeah, I didn't know that. I just, I okay, so <laughs> let me just put it briefly. So I don't know if it's a current thing. I just know that at least there have been documentaries about it that historically they didn't always said, oh, you, you know, school programs, you have to, uh, you know, do exercise and so on. And at the same time, they're feeding them McDonald's, which, you know, is the real culprit for weight gain and so on. Nutrition is usually even more important than exercise. But they kind of, you know, uh, promote. You're gonna need to do a hundred jumping jacks to burn off that Big Mac kid. So we're gonna sponsor <laughs> you. At least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Some left hand and right hand path shit there, because we've talked about that before on here, where it's like some people who are very philanthropic are doing super sketchy shit on the other side. Exactly. So now mm -hmm. I basically just wanted to have kind of your, I don't know, cultural view or whatever of it. Um, if you would then deem, for example, the Red Bull activities like sponsoring DJs and so on maybe overall would be at least more interesting than what coca-cola does i don't know i'm just curious oh definitely i would definitely say that red bull um contributes more to like a positive culture in culture in general than say coca-cola or mcdonald's right. i mean they're the epitome of like capitalist greed whereas red bull to me i mean at least it has b vitamins in it right now um no they, they kind of like they kind of found a niche like the x games like snowboarding motocross like djs art like i mean even the um so the event i went to in philly was called art of can and they basically challenged artists to like 
make art out of the Red Bull can, like however they could, like whatever they wanted to do. And they displayed it in this like prominent gallery in Philly. That's um, really cool. I mean, and I think that's what they are. They're a cool company. Like Nike's kind of more cool. Like there's a few companies that are cool. Whereas to me, McDonald's has never been cool. Even if you have fucking Michael Jordan promoting it or whatever, it's not cool. Right. Yeah, just what in general, even, and, you know, again, now not discussing what is the actual, you know, value of the product, nutrition, or what are the internal company politics or anything, only looking at these kind of activities, you know, at least I could say, okay, I have excess marketing budget before I'm running yet another boring ad. Um, I may as well, you know, do international DJ competition. I mean, if you have, are on that caliber of funds, it's easy to do it. Um, and most likely also marketing wise, it's actually more effective if you have enough creative people and actually get creative people to participate. So, yeah. It's like the halfway stepping stone between the modernism of kind of old culture where it's just like, you know, not hip particularly, but they like just kind of commodifying you and trying to make you feel good and a little or whatever. And then it's a millennial company. I'm guessing it's newer, right? So it feels like this kind of like, we're not in the age of Aquarius yet, but it's like these, like those kind of like Red Bull, you know, Sony, whatever, certain things are like the halfway stop where it's like, we still use models of modernity, like, you know, corporate, you know, interests and stuff like that. But uh, at the same time, it seems like they realized with great power comes great responsibility and they were willing to like shape culture. It's not, I'm not saying it's the best thing, but it seems like they let people do their own thing in a sense. Instead of telling us what to think, they're like, you tell us what you think, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so how long were you at that gig? Two years. I mean, that's That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's as long as they want to be there though. (laughs) They clipped your Red Bull wings. You mean, you know, just like no more flying. Uh, yeah. Good luck with the withdrawal. <laughs> I yeah, at no more free Red Bull. First. Yeah, I, huh? I worked at Starbucks for a few years in Waikiki and stuff. They give us a pound of coffee a week for free. What? I mean, yeah, of like Starbucks coffee. So I'd be like, Kenya roast and like all this crazy, crazy shit. Sumatra, yeah, I love this shit. French press. And But at some point I was pawning it. I've said this before. I would, because I was like, fuck it, I don't really drink coffee. And I would go to this Turkish guy who owned a pawn shop and give. I'd be like, I'll give you this bag for like 10 bucks so i can drink tonight or whatever it was so pathetic but anyway point my my point was yeah i was kind of being facetious but hopefully you didn't get too hooked on red bull what did you do after that um so that was kind of i mean so after that and while i was doing um like vcu classes and stuff i like started um Waitressing and bartending. That's kind of like the fallback. It seems like, like your jam. I mean, I think you're good at it, if I'm not mistaken. I'm I am really good rising. at it, but I don't want to be in it just because well, okay, I'm good I at it. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, yeah. But still, um, it's like you're well suited for it. It's a hard work. You like working hard. And then it's people oriented. And I think you don't loathe people, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, depends. It depends. Yeah. Um, but it, it's easy to start loathing them once you're in the service industry. Um, but no, I mean, if you, if, anyway, I don't want to talk, we talked so much about Red Bull. I don't want to talk about serving that long. Um, for sure. Let's just say it's, you work hard for the money. I mean, it seems yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's fucking hard work. Let's put it that way. But then I started traveling. Like, um, my first dip into traveling was going to Spain and I went for like what year a month. That? Oh gosh. 
I want to say, oh, seven, oh, six, oh, seven. Somewhere around now, six, maybe seven or eight. It was seven or eight. That's what's up. I don't so know. I don't what part of Spain? Um, <laughs> what a Capricorn <laughs> fail there. <laughs> We're in a oh, dream. No. It's a hologram. Fuck it. Yeah. So Spain um, is pretty dope. I've been to Barcelona, but where'd you go? Yeah. So I went for a month. And I, I've been lucky enough to go, like, when I've been to Europe, travel, like, longer than just, like, you know, a week or 10 days or something. So I went all along the southern coast of Spain to Barcelona and then Madrid. And then I went up to Toulouse for, uh, for three days. And I, because I only wanted to, like, dip my toe in France because I um, didn't speak the language. And I was right to do that. <laughs> Uh, Rather disorienting. Yes, they're romantic, but Jesus Christ, Spanish is not French, is not German. Uh, well, German's Germanic, but um, you spoke Spanish. You speak it well enough that you like felt okay in Spain. Yes. And then you went up to Toulouse. Well, I understood it well enough. So I was. Um, oh my god. Oh yeah, I went to Pamplona where I met this um, this girl from Quebec called Virginie, um, which is, I guess. French for Virginia or something. Um, Synchedelic. I know. It was awesome. We were like totally best friends for like three days while we were staying there. Makes, uh, our nickname was Las Pe La Peligrosas or something like that. Las Peligrosas, the dangerous girls. Oh and, my God. Um, what made you choose this? Were you guys being like total hussies or what was going on? No, because we both. <laughs> um, we had guns. She in our was really bus. into alternative peoples, and so was I. And so we went to all of these like um, underground basement like punk clubs. There's a guy and hanging by his nipples as the band plays heavy metal. That kind of stuff. <laughs> no, it's just like dirty, stinky, smelly, loud. It wasn't like hip, like above ground Spain. It that was, sounds like, like very how I remember Richmond. It was yeah, very totally, dirty, totally. stinky, loud, paps, blue ribbon punk or something. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, so she was really Toulouse? into that, and I was really into that. And we told, like, the person, one of the hostel directors, we were like, oh, we went here and here. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what? By yourselves? <laughs> um, so anyway, and then I went to London for a week and then flew home with a cold. That's, like, one thing I, like, never travel north. I always travel north to <laughs> Of course, yeah. So you you acclimate south. Oh, and the, oh. Yeah, it's just more layers more layers that makes sense um yeah so then i that's when i got the bug the moon sagittarius moon kicked in was london cool it was all right i felt pretty lonely there it seems kind of like drab i mean i'm sure it's cool uh, my brother said it was great he's visited through it i mean briefly but it's very expensive and it seems just kind of like oppressive in some weird way no, I, I definitely felt that. There was like, I was feeling kind of low. Um, like one day that I was The dangerous there, though, girl needed a Red Bull is what, really what, what this means. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, you know, there's always someone there to meet you. Like I was walking down the street and I was like kind of lost. And I was like, like, I was like, fuck this place. Like I'm not, I don't feel connected here. I'm being like pushed and shoved around on the sidewalk. Like this isn't that much fun. It's like rainy, dreary, cold. And like, um, I don't know. I was just having a bad day. And then like there was a person standing in the street, 
like holding a sign that was like, um, you're all you need or something like that. Something along those lines. That's like, for a strength yeah. card. Yes, brother. Yeah. Um, so that was like a nice pick me up. Um, so that got you started all of a sudden you're like, shit, the world's bigger than fucking the 804, which is Richmond's area code. And yeah. you were kind of just like, I'm in. I mean, did you know that's what you wanted to do right away? Because ever since we've talked, anytime we've hung out and talked, we haven't hung out, ironically, uh, since high school. We should at some point, obviously, if we can. But um, every time we've talked, I've been like, yo, let's travel. Like, it's always been travel. It's like, let's have fun traveling, like, just leaning in. That was the whole plan. You know, it would be like, let's get a place and work and it'll be half price, you know, whatever the fuck the idea was. Plus you had woof. Oh yeah, yeah, like a working community to like buy a house or like like, rent a house for a while. Like Greenwich Village shit. Yeah, that would be awesome. If only. When did, okay, so you went to that little European stint. How long was it uh, until you traveled again? Um... Well, I definitely traveled like a little bit through the states, like here and there. Um, but um, like since where? I went back to Europe, where in the U.S.? I mean, obviously the West Coast and stuff, but like here and there, where? Like, I'm just curious. This is Gemini bullshit. Um, uh, Seattle. I went to um, Ensenada, Mexico, like on the. Um, Baja Peninsula, and then like uh, it's probably really pretty. And Seattle's dope, for the record. I, I mean, I've been there, I know. But uh, yeah, definitely. Was, San Francisco. The, that's um, a crazy city. Okay, so you've been there. That's the city that like I didn't. And Raphael's been there too, actually. Ironically, um, it's a city that doesn't feel like any other city in America that I've ever been to. I love. It's the most European of all the American cities. Probably. <laughs> It's very hilly. It, it feels like got, it's got its own like zones. I don't even like almost like little boroughs, but not quite like New York, where it's just like it's not overwhelming in a sense. It was a very scenery. Cool. Yeah, it's dope. I definitely felt at home there. Like I was like, yes, I want to explore this more. Like this feels like this vibe. Have you done astrogeography or astrocartography or whatever? There's places on uh, astro.com if you I can show you or tell you later. Yeah. It's like, yo, you need to be here and stuff. And it's crazy how correlative they have been to me. It's like even the place I stayed in 2017 for basically a year in Switzerland, like had an, a sun aspect. Like my son was like trining my like had a sun trine aspect or something weird like that. And I was like, oh, but of course lost my virginity in fucking Honolulu, have a Venus aspect there. It's like that kind of stuff where it's like, holy shit, uh, kind of broke off my religious I mean, Rafa might find this ironic, but like kind of told my grandparents who are hyper-religious, like, I know I think differently than you in Paris. I have a fucking Pluto aspect in Paris. Every time I go to Pluto, it's like I, I didn't quit drinking forever, but the last time I was there, um, December 2017, I got drunk as fuck in a hostel and I was like puking wine in a bathroom. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm sick of partying. Like, this is stupid. So it's interesting. My point is the uh, astrocartography is very resonant and real. You should check it out. Maybe you have some San Fran aspect. I don't. Right. No, we, um, when we like first started talking again since high school, like a few years back, we started talking about that. When we were like, where should we travel? Like, oh, this is, um, yeah, it's fun to look up that stuff. But also, yeah, it's also fun to look at it after the fact rather than like making it your decision maker. I don't know. Well, it's weird because I've got some Saturn aspect in Cairo. 
And I mean, when I did DMT, I saw Egyptian deities, and I'm like, I have a feeling if I go to Cairo, I'm going to get my ass kicked, <laughs> or if I go oh, to wow. events. But not a bad way. It's just like a big lesson or something. Maybe I'll get triggered and fucking find the treasure in the Sphinx. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. It's like, oh shit, it I'm would be cool. super dope. super dope. Um, so you hop around America, check it out. I mean, those are cool places. What was the Baja Peninsula like? I haven't been there. I've been to San Diego, but not that low. Apparently, like whales and shit. There's like a lot of fish. It's it's pretty dry. That uh, where mm-hmm. that is, we've had a guest on there who I think was from Baja, California, um, and she does like sustainability stuff. She's cool as fuck. She's a triple Leo, like quad Leo or something. It's crazy. But um, anyway, how was that for you down there? More Spanish, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, there was one of those like uh, I didn't go on it. But one of my friends went on it. It was like a light craft, you know, those airplane, you know, that airplane that John Denver died on, <laughs> like those light crafts. John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> no, I have no clue. Like, uh, like there a little was like tourists. It was basically the whole place was abandoned when I was there, when we were there. It was like a uh, bunch of friends. And um, so we had a house because like the first house that was rented um, was terrible it was like by the wharf there was like a huge it smelled like fish there was like chain link fences around it with like dogs barking everywhere and we're like um no cancel this reservation and so we just like drove and found this like row of houses on a pristine beach and we called and we're like hey how do we get this house and um basically had our own house on like a really long beach to ourselves it was like abandoned at the time like deserted that's pretty dope yeah any wild stories we should know about whale watching i'm not sure what's down there um there was a cool like uh there was this um what is it called like a a blowhole like yeah like like a water pressure thing yeah, yeah. there's like a market right next to it. So we got to go to like a really cool market and then like watch this like blowhole explode. That was like the highlight. I mean, it was all cool. It was like the company, it was the scenery. It was awesome. Word. But, um, so keep going. I mean, I want to get eventually. This is still early on. When did you start doing Europe? When did we start talking about traveling and all that shit? I don't know, like when we first, like it was, it's gotta be like four years ago by now. I think when I was in Ecuador, we started reconnecting because I was in Europe for 2017. And I think at that point I was like, oh, I've been traveling. And maybe we just like barely caught mm-hmm. up. And I was like, I've been traveling. It's doable. You want to do it? That kind of thing. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. that's what went down. Yeah, because it was kind of, um, I forget the exact moment, but I remember the feeling of like, oh, wait you're into this stuff and you're like wait you're into this stuff and then we started talking about it you know like bum traveling where you're like roughing it and you don't give a shit you just hang out with locals and drink a beer like that was kind of it it was not posh like you know five-star stuff it was like hostile life life. yeah i I think i was was when i was in ecuador that's when we started i started playing cards for you and you for me more and we were talking a lot and catching up and i was like dude and i think that's when i started trying to plant the idea of going to europe for college for you because you're like, I want to finish school. It's like, well, go to Germany. It's cheap or free, basically, if you speak German. And you're like, okay. 
or you were like interested. I don't know if you knew about it before then, but I feel like I was like, check that shit out. Caroline, are you using your thumb? Oh, oh. no. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> Uh, Look how educated really she is. J. Sergeant Reginald's in action. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally fucking with you. It doesn't, we don't have to go play by play, but at some point we started becoming like magically aware of each other. I'm like, I'm in an astrology yeah. in Toronto. You're like, you are? Oh, I am too. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm traveling right now. I'm in Ecuador. I was just in Europe. And you're like, holy fuck, I want to do that. And I was like, all right, well, let's combine this shit. We might as well be yeah, like a bunch yeah. of hobbits who like fucking go to the same p tiny pon prancing pony inn or whatever. That was a deep cut allusion to Lord of the Rings. But anyway, um, <laughs> for those geeks out there, uh, I'm curious. Uh, well, how about this? Let's take a quick music break. And now we're basically okay, caught up to okay. when we started talking more recently. And we can get into what happened in Europe. We can, uh, you know, whatever, all this stuff. Um, obviously, this is more recent history and tarot and magic and the occult and disappointment and hope and all that shit. Cool. Hopefully yeah, you like the song. Good. It's a uh, Bruce Springsteen cover by a rock band called Taurus. It's heavy enough that I think that's why I picked it for you. Welcome back. Stone that's rock vibes. Yeah. That was a cool jam. I'd never heard it before. Yeah. I mean, I'm not all about Bruce Springsteen covers, but that's about as good as it gets, I imagine. Um, all right. So when did you turn on to magic? So we're caught. I mean, we'll start to like tarot, astrology. At some point, I you know we weren't into this in high school, so we never talked about it. We smoked weed or drank or whatever we did, but we weren't into mysticism yet. So how did you get uh, turned on to the magic? Well, I have always been into astrology, like always since a little kid, but I had to hide it. Like I, uh, my mom was a very religious person. I mean, think about the mom and like uh, Waterboy, like it's the devil. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Anything counterculture, like whatever, um, was the devil. And so I had to hide it and, um, I've always been into astrology, always loved it so much. Um, and I don't think and, you ever mentioned oh it to me. Like I, I'm aware that I was a Gemini, but I wasn't like reading horoscopes back in the day. So you must've been keeping it hard core on the DL for the muggles. Yeah, definitely. Wish you hadn't. That would've been cool if we could've been woke so much quicker. I know. I know. It, it was like, I, I guess since I was like in a new environment, I didn't really feel like safe or comfortable to be like that weird astrology chick or whatever. <laughs> you know, like. I forgive like, you. Thank you. But goddamn, that. that would have chopped off like 10 years of mistakes for me if I had just been like, oh shit, I have Gemini sent him into a Chiron in Gemini. I should probably <laughs> do XYZ. So anyway, um, so you've always been into it. When did you pick up tarot? I mean, same thing with tarot. No. Um, again, always been like interested and mystified, kind of like not afraid of it, but like I always thought it was wrong. And um, and like a lot of stuff, like light came from the dark. I had this, I had like a really devastating breakup. Um, and I like didn't get out of months. I didn't get out of bed for like three months. And like, I started, you know, revisiting, well, like, I was always into astrology, but I started to like, kind of revisit it, it became my like, everyday hobby. Um, instead of just like a side interest, I would like research this stuff. And then like, through that, I started upon like, YouTube tarot, like videos and stuff. 
Who would I, I know that I you're into? Or, I mean, was there someone specifically you're like, oh, that I'm watching this person's shit? Oh, well, like, uh, definitely OJC. Who else? Um, She's dope. Yeah, my, well, this is, and so it's interesting because, like, even in that time that I started what getting into that? it. I mean, she's relatively newer, so I, that's in the last, like, three or four years, right? 2016? Okay, seven, four years, seven, yeah. Two. Five now, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Cool, time is fucked, I get it. This year was weird, it doesn't count. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, what, it's 2021? This is, like, sci-fi numbers now, like, what the fuck is going on? I know, uh, I Anyway, know. so OJC's cool, um, I know her through the Peace Dealer, he's been on here a few times, but she, that's, like, she's a really cool Pisces, people should check her out, she's him. Yeah, I kind of got into them together, um, and, uh... Quietus Revolution. Um, She's dope, but she had some beef with the peace dealer at some point. And I, yeah, like, yeah. I was just like, well, I guess I believe him and not her later. <laughs> and I stopped watching her shit. She seemed a little too self absorbed. What? I thought she was a Virgo. No, I think she's a Gemini. I don't no, know. she's definitely a Gemini. But yeah, that got weird because I don't know what happened, but like, it just it seemed like, I don't know. Something happened and maybe or didn't mm-hmm. happen and she accused him of something and then it just got all social media weird. Yeah. But like I mean, but like all things like my, my solid as fuck and though. who I connected with, like, you know, evolved. Like, you know, I connected with them, now I don't watch them as much. Now I like, you know, kind of gravitate towards other videos and you know what I mean? So it's an evolving process. You know, I got into my girl Paulina. Love oh her. yeah, yeah, yeah! I forgot. Okay, yeah, there was this chick named Paulina that you were always when I was when I was in Ecuador. You're like, check out her videos. You were getting readings from her for sure. Yeah, yeah. she's not yeah. so much tarot. She's like astrology. She's like a channeler, astrologer. Like yeah, astrologer. yeah, Raphael does channeling. I mean, oh, I don't cool. know charges, cool. but yeah, he does conscious channeling. Um, yeah, but she was more like getting into like uh, symbolical, like archetypal, harm, uh, you know, holographic stuff, star seed stuff, maybe even. Um, mm-hmm. not so much like you are the ace of cups or, you know, nothing quite like that. Yeah. My first reading from her, she told me, I was like, she's like, you're pretty new here. <laughs> I was like, oh, As a soul. Word? Yeah, I guess. Um, and she, yeah. And you know, I had always thought of myself as an old soul, like being Capricorn is like the crone energy. Right. Um, but uh yeah she told me that i was like <laughs> pretty new here and i thought that was funny um and that my energy was like sleek like thin metal that like nothing sticks to like, that's oh, interesting okay. anyway so enough of that so i got on so you know i kind of taught myself how to read tarot through like watching all these youtube videos and like getting a getting um a deck of my own and like playing with them and being like, okay, so then just like researching all the different meanings and like kind of intuitively what they meant for me. Um, so that's how I got into tarot. Did I ever turn you onto the 21 faces of God? I feel like I had to have. Yes, I do have that. I think I got like halfway through. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. you dingo. It's like the <laughs> two and a half hours. I, I've watched it three or four times and I've been crying every time by the end. I'm like, we are the world card. This is amazing. It's a dream. What a privilege. Oh my God. Um, if you, it's not your dream, that's cool. It is long. It's like two or three hours. You know, yeah, kind of long, yeah. But it's dope. It's crazy. People should check that out if they have I'll have, I'll have to. It's not that I didn't, I didn't want to. Oh, you got it. Like, like, okay. 
I mean, it's like, look, if you're going to watch Finish Dark, then watch that, and then thank me later. <laughs> and just like, yes, Jim, that was, that was the bread bowl of tarot videos. Good job. <laughs> so, um, I mean, are there any decks that you, uh, you, you're pushing right or wait? Like, what are you kind of into? We've had people who are into uh, Thoth deck, Crowley decks, and stuff like that. I'm not, I mean, I think when we were kind of pulling cards, it was always kind of right or wait, or at least, you know, normal tarot cards, as much as Oracle. You know, I don't have an extensive um, collection. I have a Rider Waite, and then I have um, the new Mythic Tarot that I really actually resonate with a lot. Um, and why is that? Any reasons in particular? The art, like the wording? I Yeah, I just like the story that it tells, like all of these myths. And I feel like very connected to um, the storytelling because handy? it's all about... It's all about can you pull us a new mythic tarot card? I just want to see what it says or what we would even pull. If it's not handy, don't sweat it. I mean, we can. I can fill up time while you look for it. I don't it. have the book with me. You dingo. Still, pull a card. See what happens. We'll make up a meaning. Or I'll Google it or something. Um, all right. So, Raphael, what are your thoughts on old soul, new soul stuff? I've never really talked to you. I mean, sometimes we're like all is one and there's no differentiation. How do you view soul ages? all is one and there is infinite differentiation within that um i guess i mean what i find interesting is that you said you consider yourself an old soul and then someone says you're rather new here this would also then potentially be a qualification in terms of how many incarnations have you had on this plane of earth already and that does not necessarily speak to your entire soul age in terms of having, having parallel incarnations on the Pleiades, Orion, and in all kinds of other forms. To me, I think these concepts can be, let's say, relatively useful if it allows you to like identify or assume a perspective or understand more. Uh, ultimately, of course, I'm with the anyhow, all is one and one is all and so on. So, you know, kind of like, what's the point? Um, yeah, I don't know what else you want to know. Would you say you're an old soul, Jim, or you're you think you're new on the block? Oh, that's too hard. Um, sometimes I feel like this is bizarre. Sometimes I feel like I helped design the thing and I'm, now I'm playing it or something weird like that, like as old as it gets. And then sometimes I'm like, I have no clue. So that's, I'm not the person to qualify this answer. Um, I've been told, you know, and it's really not helpful because I've had people say all sorts of shit. I've had people hit right, me up right, and be like, sure. you are a merman. Or you were from Atlantis. Of course, because that's the other part what? I wanted to get at with Caroline, maybe a bit in terms of that, you know, it's nice to have people giving a perspectives. And even here, I don't even want to say, or I would even say, at least if they're doing it honestly, usually it's even true. But the thing is just like this analogy you always like to use, Jim, with everyone's blind and you're trying to touch the elephant and like, what is it, you know? <laughs> kind of like that. And more seeing it from that approach and also understanding even if they're really skilled, they can still only see you through a particular lens or they have right. to give you a particular fractalized view right now, valid for this moment in this, you know, there's always like endless meta observer layers, which always only you can really make sense of, right? Right. Because she's also channeling and it's not, it is in that moment. It's, you know, it's not like extremely thought upon and, and, dwelled over she was just kind of picking up on some stuff i mean it's but, funny. Uh, you're paradoxically i think you're kind of an old soul i could see that but then with the gemini rising it throws me 
Yeah, it definitely gave me a cool perspective, like um, Raphael was saying, like, um, kind of a, a little more stuff started making sense once I, you know, gained that perspective. Um, so that was cool. Right. Um, I don't think Raphael, I mean, when you channel, do you do that kind of thing? Do you, I mean, I... I, I I don't have the I mean I've astral projected I've talked to things on DMT and weird shit so weird shit happens but I'm and I pull cards and, but I think that's more me like I mean twelfth house Mercury and Mars conjunct um, and Cancer it feels like I just flow like energy can flow through me and I can just like spit my like put my spin on it as opposed to like thus says the Lord or this is the Akash speaking or you know I I don't dip into that Raphael have you ever been like said a prophetic word or however one wants to say that where it's like determinative like we had Christopher Otecki on the other day. And he was saying that he had gone to somebody, I forget the exact details, but basically he was saying his dad, his whole life was kind of like new agey and being like, I was one of the people who fucking brought down Atlantis with a crystal fire experiment mm -hmm. or something weird. And then Wateki went to LA or some Cali place, I forget where, and he talked to a psychic and as he entered the door, the lady was like, your dad brought down Atlantis. Like or like killed my lover. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, right? oh, if you heard it, yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. that shit seems concurrent, like or you know, like self-evident. You know, it's like it ratifies itself. Where it's like, holy shit! I don't think that's just like someone sure, sure. being but weird. The, the thing, the thing here, just being that if you really believe it and you resonate with it and you choose to to go with it, then of course your strongest belief will continue to be confirmed what is objectively true you know there is infinite parallel realities in with all configurations where everyone has had a dad that's been involved in the destruction of atlantis in a sense you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. at least that's the approach i take and then it's all and then it's all in a sense super dramatic and great and oh my god you know like whose father was who and what's my parallel fa parallel pharaonic incarnation doing and it's all valid and relevant and true However, at the same time, if you add that meta layer, it's not, for me at least, it's much harder to fall into the trap of ignorance or especially arrogance, whether it's, you know, believing one is less or one is more, but like everyone right. has all these like super crazy, uh, you know, as they say, crazy ass, you know, patterns or connections and so on. I actually think that's the norm. And what's just really special is the unique configuration and the way you choose to uh, to play it out and then of course if you choose to roll with any particular aspect and it's resonating then of course it will in a sense be confirmed um i guess in ultimately then again it doesn't even really matter whether you're old soul new soul whatever the question is just you know how do you transform that now and can you now live the life that you truly want to live right take that Take what resonates and leave the rest. I really liked, um, in that same episode, Raphael, I really liked how you uh, explained your perspective on uh, like star seeds or whatever, star people, where you're like, just like we have ancestral ties to different continents in, you know, different eras of history. Like, of course, we have same, like, a similar ancestry from people like in the stars that you know before the earth was created or you know what i mean i really liked how you kind of said that yeah i believe i remember that and i may even have in a sense made that up on the fly i believe so that's not i believe not something i've read explicitly but it just makes sense you know ultimately it's really what i like about at least the let's say dogma 
I'm following is that it's so simple and so dynamic, you know, things like as above, so below, that if you apply it consistently, just usually it checks out and it's not about bending it to it, but at least, you know, checking back, like, does this apply here too? And then usually it's like, yeah, well, at least pretty much looks like it, right? And it would just make sense. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on star seeds, Caroline? Oh, um, so when I was in Berlin, when I was in Berlin, I did a couple drugs. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, we won't get into names, but I hooked you up with that couch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you met that person because I'd always been Facebook friends with them. I think I was going to get her on to the podcast, but she hasn't yet. Um, anyway, cool. Uh, yes, cool. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so... And, it, well, and by drugs, you mean DMT, I think, right? Yeah, a couple things that I mean, I did DMT. I did a couple of things that I might not want to name, but... Um, you crazy Berliners. What's wrong with <laughs> no, you? DMT Berliners, was like, that's cool. Yeah, dude, apparently. I was like, I don't know if I even want to do half the shit you just did, but okay, that's cool. Well, Berlin is notorious, I think, for, and some other places, I guess, for particularly debaucherous parties. I can't, I don't think I can really claim I attended any of them, like really, but yeah, there's places. And I think, especially Berlin is like, if I'm saying something wrong, tell me, but I think like, Famous, especially for methamphetamine use, like MDMA yeah. and stuff. I yeah. guess. Don't, I mean, club. Molly. How else are you gonna club? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Were you telling me there was a place that was just like a rave all day, every day, all the time? Was that well, my so, so the normal thing? Well, it's not normal for everybody, but the stereotypical, you know, hit Berliner like goes out Friday and like goes to work Monday morning straight from the club. Like it's through Sunday. Like bars don't close. Like just never. I mean, party. I mean, it is such a normal thing for people to show up on Monday morning, like a little late from clubbing. Fascinating. So anyway, you were in Berlin, blasting off Star Seeds was the original question. Yes, um, and I kind of had like a vision. I wrote it down, like. It was so. You read like, it to me. I remember this now. I don't. No, well, that, exactly. was, that was. Um, I don't think I. That was about the three coin whizzes. This was like a narrative, like that I lived, and it was like an ancient Egyptian narrative. And I was like on this boat, getting ready to sail, and like as the boat like left the dock, it started floating up instead of out, and like that kind of started um it resonated so deeply with me obviously because it was like from my own mind but um but then i started connecting to other things that were like similar to like not of earth and like that's kind of when i started uh listening to like starseed energetics um ashtara ren are you familiar with her sounds familiar is she asian yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think my I think I turned on her because of the piece together. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's true. Um, I really dig her vibes. I started um, uh, I started resonating with like her Arcturian uh, readings. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, quite honestly. Um, Sometimes I'm like it's a Jungian projection. 
I mean, what isn't? And then sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It's tricky because I don't. I think the the sketchy part in general is I want to be open minded, but not so open minded that I'm duped. Right, so, so right. I'm curious, but I don't want to be like led astray, quote unquote. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, so, the Capricorn cynicism really like kicks in with the whole star seed thing. Um, but yet at the same time, it's cool, and like, there's definitely different planes of existence. And I really. Um, you ever heard of Bashar? I've heard of him through you. I'm not very okay, familiar. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I only know of him because of Raphael. You might dig him. I'm wondering, I don't know, Raphael, what would you tell her to check out given her cynicism? I mean, Prism of Lyra is pretty good. Um, <laughs> there, but I, I'm not even 100%. Sometimes I'm like, I'm dead. I'm in a purgatory right now. This is all fucking oh, weird. Well, let me make <laughs> so, it very simple. I'm authority. Just because that's, I guess, something that comes up again and again, and I can just reiterate what is stated, because this is something one can only prove through application, which is, you know, whether you talk about the vortex stuff from Abraham Hicks or whatever, or any other manifestation technique, in Bashar's case, specifically talking about the five laws of creation that are real laws, and the process of manifestation through acting on your highest excitement without expectation. Um, and here it's always um, reiterated that this is not philosophy, this is metaphysics or physics. Mm -hmm. And it's like a manual, just like, you know, most uh, spiritual and religious schools have like esoteric compartments where you can learn the real stuff, which is just teaching you how to deal with your consciousness, basically, and how the manifestation process works. And if you apply it properly, then it just works. That's what they always claim, let's say, Bashar civilization, the Sasani. I can say to the degree I checked it out, it's true. And also, it's not surprising because, in a sense, it's just rehashed what plenty of human lore and spiritual systems uh, inherited or whatever also contain. It's all the same thing. The base instructions are very similar. It's just condensed in a slightly different way with slightly different emphasis. So that's why I'm, I wasn't too reluctant to like entertain those ideas, especially because I've, as you are as well, I'm sure, already familiar with some processes. And there it's just, you know, summarized in a sense. And you just have to be really exact about the execution and really especially honest with yourself. And then for me, at least, it is really not so much a matter of belief anymore. It's just obvious everything is a hologram. You can create whatever you want consciously to the degree that you actually become aware of the real mechanisms, you know, learn to understand your own belief system, reprogram yourself, you know, uh, detach in a sense from certain ideas at the same time, integrate your fears, all of those things. Anyhow, you know, we're all in the midst mm -hmm. of. That is actually, so that was along the same lines of like manipulating your own reality or creating your own reality was, one of the things that I was like taught through my DNT trip. So I think Jim, you and I talked shortly after where I like, I didn't like break through, but I definitely like saw some stuff. It was like saw behind the veil a little. And um, it was kind of like showing me how to create. It was like the flick of the wrist would change the room in order for you to get like a desired result. So you were like leading, I was like leading myself through this room, like changing my reality into what I wanted. 
And so that was kind of the lesson I was taught. I was like, no, you're manifesting this. Like, no, you're making it happen. And it only takes like a slight flick of the wrist or like a turn of your head or whatever. That was kind of what I got from it. As I recall, the guy who uh, provided you with that DMT um, was a rather interesting Italian character or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that he did that. Because, I mean, on the one hand, it's like intense as fuck, but I do think everyone should confront that chemical at some point. I mean, you will at death, I guess, or something, but crazy stuffs. Uh, I didn't mean... Okay, so that's kind of on the star seeds. I don't know if you pulled a card. You uh, Maybe not. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. No, you don't have to apologize. I don't give a shit. I was just like, (laughs) oh, participate magically if you want. But if you don't want to, that's cool, too. Um, All right. So tell us about Berlin. I mean, you enjoyed enough to want to go to Berlin. So, like, let me tell you the whole, like, really briefly the whole story. So, like, so I quit my copywriting job after five years. And then I decided to go wolf for a while in California. And I still had this leftover plane ticket that I bought before I left for California to go to Europe. Like, and for the like, record, in California, she woofed with goats, and as a Capricorn, I found that funny. Yeah, they're like kind of my retirement plan, and I wanted to see if it was like truly something I wanted to do. Um, so, retirement plan? How like milking them and like? No, how do I like buy a piece of land and like still kind of have like meaningful work and like a job to do? I could like sell lotion and soap even though I'm retired or something, you know? Real witchy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Please buy my potion. Please, please, it'll it'll help you relax for sure. No, I make I make I make some stuff. I make my own lotion. I make like comfrey salve and like stuff like that. I made some uh, carrot lip balm. Pretty cool. Super crafty. Anyway, um, so I had this leftover ticket that I never used. Um, And so it was either like got back from uh, California and it was either like buy a car or go to Europe. So I was like, go to Europe. And um, it was only it was only supposed to be three weeks. I went to Amsterdam, Prague and Berlin and I was supposed to head back to Amsterdam to fly out because I don't like just doing like one city for two, like, two days in one city and you get to see like stupid touristy highlights. I kind of like to spend a little time there. Um, so I did uh, like three weeks, three cities, and that gave me some time to do like one offs too. Um, and so I went back to Amsterdam and, you know, I was like trying to check into my flight the night before and it wasn't working. I went to the airport and I was like trying to check into my flight. And so finally, like somebody was that person that you asked questions to, I was like, excuse me, can you tell me where the wow air desk is? I and remember he, this he, now that you said yeah, this. Keep yeah. going though. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, I am so sorry to be the first person to tell you this, but your airline doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, uh, doesn't exist? It's like, yeah, they shut down. They're bankrupt. They, they don't have a flight. And so they were like, here, best bet is go to the cheap tickets desk. And uh, so I went and they told me in order to fly out in the next like, 
three to four days would be like 950 euro. And I was like, fuck you, cheap tickets. Like, no way. <laughs> I feel like just... you could have played some victim role here and been like, oh my God, I'm lost. I'm I've always been wondering about water. this because I always had this idea, like if you buy tickets on short notice, it's kind of cheaper, but it never is. Or I don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. It wasn't cheap. It's not. <laughs> um And of course, you know, there's all this, they're like, it's all in the news. I'm like, I've been a little busy. And um, all of the um, airlines posted the thing, like, uh, all of the, they were posting, like, oh, we'll help these people that got stranded through Wow Air. We'll get them discounted tickets. And, of course, I hit up, like, four of the airlines that claimed they were doing that, and they definitely weren't. Um, uh, and so... I didn't have a flight home. I was like trying to think of something to do. And luckily this is like, I mean, this is why I fell in love with Berlin because everything was like, the road was rising to meet me. I stayed for free for those three weeks in, in Europe. Like I didn't pay for a single hotel room, hostel, like whatever. I was put on a couch. I had somewhere, I don't know. It was just, it worked out. And so I had people so then I went on Help X and I was like, you know what? I'm going back to Berlin. Like, this is a sign. I'm not supposed to go home right now. So I went back to Berlin and I found like this like work trade um, through Help X that like accepted me like immediately. And I spent three more weeks there. So I got to spend six weeks in Europe, hang out with all the people that I met in Berlin before. Uh, and I was like, Hey guys, I'm back. And we hung out again. And it was just like, so amazing. It was just amazing. So I've always wanted to go back and even want to live there. Honestly. Anyway, what was the point? That was a quick story. <laughs> totally. I'm just seeing Jim just here. He is again. My oh, must've gone out. Uh, so I'm on a different device. Yeah, I was like, oh, Caroline, I can't hear you. That I was like, just all closed. So, sorry about that. No worries. I don't know where you were at. Um, I mean, wow, collapsing, obviously. Wow, collapsing, yeah. And so then I got on a bus. I got on a Flix bus directly back Flix to bus Berlin. Flix bus is the shit. I know. The and then I stayed for three more weeks. Three more weeks and got to hang out with all all the friends that I met there, like, again. We're like, hey, you're, That's back. Nice. you're never gonna leave. Hey, <laughs> hey, we never stop partying, so you can stay. <laughs> right. Um, Perfect. I, yeah, I stayed. Yeah, I didn't well, name names. Well, you can, I guess, but don't if you don't. Um, the idea here, though, is that uh, first of all, yeah, like I was saying, Flixbox is dope as fuck. It's like Greyhound looks like shit compared to them. They've got their shit together. You can go all over Europe for so cheap. I was going from Switzerland to Rome. I mean, it was like an overnight thing. So mm -hmm. It was like, you know, 10 euro or something crazy. I was like, okay, cool. 20 euro. Um, what uh, was there not like, I mean, it seems like they were just like, oh, tough tits. Like you got to deal with this. Was there not like some kind of situation where you could just be like, ah, help, like give me a thousand dollar voucher. Oh man. Okay. So I guess I forgot the end. Like, so after, so I ended up staying for like six or so weeks in Europe, three of which were in Berlin. Um, and then I flew back home. I have no idea why I did that. I should have just stayed. You should have stayed. I know. And, um, but I flew back 
And I went to the bank and I, my bank who I got like euros through, like I was prepared. I didn't like exchange it there. I exchanged it at my bank. And I love, um, I love the girls behind the desk. Cause I went back and I told them what would happen. And I was like, they're like, Oh, how was your trip? Whatever. And I was like, check this out. And I told them the story and they got on the phone with, um, like, cause I didn't buy it through my credit card, like an idiot. I'll never make that mistake again. I bought it through my debit. Um, they called, I got a full refund that's for the, the whole trip. Like that's not even awesome. just half. Yeah. That's some angels among you. So what's the deal between credit and debit? What's, what's the fundamental difference there? Um, because if you do it through credit, you're automatically have like insurance built in through your credit card company where the, you, so how did they get you reimbursed? I mean, those ladies, magic. Bank magic. yes, those ladies just liked me enough to do it for me. Anyhow, Gemini it's just accounting fraud ultimately. So whatever, you know, <laughs> right, right. So a free trip to Europe, basically. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Did you buy a car with that buddy? Okay. Well, no, because okay, so right then back. after I got back, I was like, no, my plan is to move back. And so Right, no, that's I, when we were talking. That's what I was like, oh, here's a way to do it. Go to school. Maybe that's them. Maybe I'm tripping. Yeah. Anyway, so what? Keep going. It was a little before that. It was a little before that. Because um, we talked when I was... We talked on one of my last days in California, actually. That was Interesting. I didn't know that. Because at some point in Ecuador, I was like, oh, I want to, I think you were like, I want to finish school or do something. And I was like, oh, you can go to Europe and do that. And if we're housemates, it'll be cheap. It was something like that, where it's just like yeah. super practical. I was like, oh, if I could have to live with somebody, it might as well be cool people like you. Like, let's team up and shit out. Anyway, um, so what happened? Uh, the so refund. then I, the whole year, I like didn't buy a car because I was like, I don't need a car if I'm moving to Europe. And I got rid of so much of my stuff. I like, I cleaned house. I pared down. I saved so much money. I got rid of like all of my responsibility, like my fiscal responsibilities. I just like went streamlined and I finally saved enough money that I was comfortable with to go. And that was like February. So then I was like, okay, let's make this happen. Um, so I was and, in Australia at that point. We, I think one of the last times we talked was when I was in Australia and I just listened to Emerald Temple to Thoth for the first time mm-hmm. and we we're catching up. And I remember this now. You're like, I'm selling my shit. I'm mm-hmm. saving all the money. I'm going. Yeah. And I was like, so that's why I got a ticket to Vienna. I was like, oh, shit, I'll meet you there. Cool. Let's do this. I think this is yeah. how it kind of went. But it's been so long now. Jesus Christ. Um. So then I was getting down to brass tacks and I was like starting to list my furniture for sale, like sell my bed, sell all that stuff. And then COVID happened, and then we shut down, and uh, the rest Here is history. Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, do you still have any desire? Because I mean, I'm I'm not not I'm not gonna learn German tonight and go to go to school there. But it's like, does that still interest you to do this kind of stuff? Um, we so just here... had a guest on saying Albania. You could be there for a year, and that's on the you know Adriatic, basically across from Italy. Yeah, I mean that would be cool. I, honestly. I'm actually kind of, I've always wanted to go to Scotland. It's, um, well, I'll find out my genealogy soon enough. I did one of those ancestry things in back in, um, the beginning of the year. And, uh, but Scotland is like my heritage, I guess. Um, 
and I've always wanted to go. So I was like, maybe I'll wolf in Scotland for a few months and like I can quarantine there and like um, do whatever. And then like eventually make my way to Germany. I don't know. That was just a thought that I had, but it's kind of like re I'm revisiting it. Um, even though we're still kind of in, in lockdown, but like my focus and what I've realized for the past year is like, I don't necessarily want to go back to school, like university, but I definitely want to, I'm definitely the things that light me up, that get me excited are like, um, kind of like healing modalities, like massage therapy, um, just like, I don't know. I just, herbalism. Herbalism. Yeah. Like, uh, like aesthetic stuff, like estheticians and like, um, just like massage and kind of things like that because I've, I, they actually are just so soothing to the soul. Um, and they really and help quite people. Practical. And quite practical, yeah. Um, so you want to go to like a school massage school, or what? I mean, I don't even think school is necessary yes. with YouTube and all this shit. You can kind of just do your thing, and then, I mean, I'm not, you know, I've made a few grand doing cards and readings. So I'm not like from Hogwarts astrology school or something like that. Right. Um, no, I'm with you on that. So, like in the states, in order to practice, like you definitely need like some sort of certification. But my ultimate goal in studying this, like. It, massage therapy would just be a stepping stone to learn about like Chinese medicine and herbalism and stuff like that. Um, like Ayurvedic health and like nutrition and like practices, stuff like that, just kind of like a doorway. But in the United States is a huge doorway. It's like tens of thousands of dollars and three years of your life just to open the door. Might as well just go to the countries originally and hang out with, like, the Sherpa people or whatever, the witch of the town. Like, show me what you got. Right, right. Like, either go to Thailand. But here's kind of my in, so this is what I'm playing around with in my head, is there is a um, Thai yoga massage school in Berlin. And they offer a course that doesn't break the bank, and it's not three years long, and it directly goes into kind of like, I don't know the direction I want to take it. Like the Thai part is very, I got a Thai massage and let me tell you, they're amazing. It's so like the deep it's like, tissue. It is. So they use like herbal compresses. It's where they, um, you're not just like laying on a bed limp. They actually like pick up your leg and stretch it for you while they're massaging. It's kind of like really deep and like, interactive and like when i got one uh there was this tension that i had that just like broke my head open like it sounds bad but it healed me like i had it's like an intense headache for the next two days like after i got a thai massage and then i felt like a million bucks after like it just broke something up i don't and, think i've um, ever heard of time massage. i mean i've heard of it but i've never i didn't know it was different like that Right. And so it, it's really cool. Um, again, and it would give me a reason. So you have to like present Germany with a reason that you would be valuable to their society. And oh, this is what I was showing you at one point. I remember now they have a, um, a visa uh, for artists. 
in Berlin, mm-hmm. I think, I, right? And I was like, yo, let's go on Team Rabbit Hole. I think that's one of the things. I was like, oh, look, we're a media art artist or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure dope. if I want to. Well, I haven't been to Berlin. I'm not against it, but I mean, I'd like mm-hmm. to visit it first, but that's kind of hard to do right now. Rafa, have you ever been there? Sure, yeah. Well, but a fucking course. Every fucking European takes flicks bus and little <laughs> things everywhere. It's like asking if we've been to Philly, I guess. Um, like a 50 euro flight. Yeah, it's totally doable. What are, I mean, is this like, is this the goal now? I mean, right. I think right now, I can't speak for y'all, but the podcast has helped me stay productive. I've been reading Harry Potter to my fucking fiance. You know, that's so like, sweet. That's awesome. Oh, it is dope. It's a lot of fun. One of the last book, but um, I've been teaching myself Japanese for the past 180 days, and I'm like, Japan's cool, but when am I gonna go? Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of confused right now on as to what to do. Oh, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to figure out skills that are applicable, but the world's I'm just changing. amused that you think you have to figure it out now, and that you could determine that right now. But no, yeah. that's part of the problem. Just I mean, I'm just trying to say not do crazy. What you like to do? Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. So here's my Capricorn practical application right um so because i don't know what to do what i did was um sign up for this five-week yoga course that is that has been offered by my favorite youtube yoga instructor his name her name is dagmar and um i didn't know until recently she was german she lives in costa rica and i've been following her since like 2012 on youtube and like i find out like last year that she's German. She's from Hamburg. Like, how did I not know that? And um, so I decided to like, I'm really getting in touch with mind, body, and spirit (laughs) to like kind of figure out not necessarily what I'm going to do, but what my next steps are going to be, my next baby steps. Yeah, it's not ever about like all, I mean, I think life is kind of one of those things where you look back and be like, oh, that's life. I guess that happened. So I'm not saying, like, what's the big goal? I mean, I'm not sure if anybody can make those things, but I'd like to think that all of us are kind of becoming more productive, honed, refined, woke, whatever, during Mm -hmm. this COVID time because it is kind of a sabbatical, like a forced sabbatical for everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely trying to take uh, advantage of this year. So my natal Jupiter is in Aquarius. So is mine. Nice. that's why we get on. We're having a Jupiter return. Yeah. Have, uh, so it's in the ninth house too. I just recently read up about it because I knew that Jupiter was in Aquarius, but mine's in the ninth house. Or, yeah. It's you got to travel. the ruler. Hello? I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. I just saw the red lips going on and off. So, so yeah, Sagittarius and Jupiter ninth house, that's dope. Like, yeah, clearly, like, you can have a lot of fun traveling. I mean, that's vague in general, but it's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, you obviously have an inclination for cultures. I don't, I don't feel, I mean, I don't hate America. I just don't think this is where it's at right now. That's how I feel. I'm just like, where's my exploration? It feels like there's no, like, uh, you know, how, like Lewis and Clark, like the, what? What's the expedition we can do? It feels like almost like a reverse. <laughs> you're like the Americans going back to Europe is like the, the new way or something. Americans leaving <laughs> America. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like Cleveland and fuck. I mean, San Francisco is cool, but it's like everywhere's kind of like. Maybe I'm just jaded, but it's like I don't think the culture's that great in America. Particularly, it feels just like stuck and divided. 
I'm not terribly inspired. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just like, there's cool bands, there's cool whatever, but it's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like whatever, you know, like Paris in the early 20th century or Greenwich Village or San Francisco, but like, like where's the scene? You know what, Jim? Honestly, I, I think, I mean, especially because at least by now we are in a, let's just say, globalized situation. I very much suspect, you know, there's always great places everywhere, even now, even if it's not allowed technically. I can only guess, you know, some people are having a blast for sure. However, it very much seems to me the challenges we are facing now are to a degree collective. And if we at least individually are able to overcome it or to integrate it, then I'm sure we'll end up individually at those right places. But also that this is actually a potential even for the entire civilization of, you know, let's say surface humanity to have this, let's say, in a very positive sense, if that existed in this way, you know, super positively liberal, you know, open forum, new invention, new technology, communication of cultures and all of that, I would say in a sense, and free movement and so on, yeah, I would say in a sense that's very much overdue for everywhere. So I, and aside from that, all I can think of is, you know, what, where do you go if you can't go outside? Well, you go inside. And then if you anyhow understand that all of physicalized reality is nothing but an externalized representation of your own consciousness, and that's something I can always refine. And I know when the time is right and I re-enter the world, it will be a completely new world because my eyes will be, you know, completely renewed. Yeah, I guess I'm just having a hard day. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, it's cold in Colorado. My room doesn't, I don't have heat in my room because I don't want to pay an extra heating bill. My mom came up one day and she's what? like, uh, our heating bill is $500 more. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to be under a down blanket for the next couple months. Just That's from doing. one room? Uh, yeah, we live in a uh, um, a stagecoach inn that was converted or something. So it's fucking drafty. It's like an 1800s house. It's dope. Wow. It's on a lake and it's nice and there's 14,000 foot mountains all around. So it's beautiful. I was looking around today and I was like, I'm just so, I'm looking down at the details Do you in have a extra room? fashion. Uh, no, well, it's not my house. I mean, it's not like that. But, um, and my mom is, this is such a weird trip because it's like, they were so paranoid about COVID. We've had, I've had friends be like, yo, want to hang out over the summer and like trip in the mountains or something. And my folks like, no one could come through at that point. So it's, it's, it's a gilded cage. It's like, I'm glad, but at this point, like, I mean, basically I haven't been really spending much money. So I, I, with these stimulus checks, so I've got a little cash and I'm like, all right, if things kind of open up, maybe they won't open up. That's we were talking about this yesterday. I'm like, I don't want to just get trapped. <laughs> it feels like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. But also, you have to realize I'm like able trapped to in something that doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like I'm just kind of treading water right now. And it's like, should I just like make the effort as uncomfortable as this to another thing if that makes any mm. sense? So it's kind of a shit. It's not a shitty situation. It's a beautiful situation. Most people would want to retire here, that kind of thing. But I'm like, I feel like there's things I need to experience and do. But That's also, very similar to how I'm feeling right yeah, now, actually. It's like itchy. I'm like, well, but it's also been like a year, you know, since well, travel. If you put it simply, wouldn't that mean that this means that ultimately all these travel bans and so on certainly just must be lifted? I mean, I'm not going along with any kind of crazy further regimentation. This, it's very obvious to me that it may take some time, but all of this must be completely reversed because even, I guess we're all too young to have experienced that, but I've heard, I've heard stories of a time when you could basically smoke on the plane and take your knife with you and no one was complaining mm -hmm. 
and even here starting 20 years ago where apparently even the new apparent president of whatever he is exactly now i'm not sure uh joe biden already supposedly was involved in the drafting of that or boxing through of that patriot act and that's already was you know the level five of the whole story but i just want to point out like there was a time when this was all completely unrestricted and many if not pretty much all of these threats in my assessment have been completely manufactured time and time again to scare mm -hmm. people and lock them down and you know you need to check this you need to spend more money at the airport you can't bring liquid take I off mean, your what, shoes what bs rules i mean and and then they even prove that if you really want it's easy to sneak a bomb past the tsa so i'm like what it's, it's, this is it's a huge scam and what i what i would like to see is that people see it's on so many fronts but that it's so extreme now on so many levels no matter where you stand exactly but just realizing kind of you've been duped on so many levels um and we just get rid of all of that because we don't like need once it, they you know? take away certain freedoms you're not going to get them back once they get away with you know inch by inch they give you like restrictions and regulations that you can't you know, bring right. more than two ounces of liquid, and you know, in a it's plastic a bag. And that, yeah. yeah, but that that that's the idea that even the concept that could this could only go in one direction. Who says that this? In my view, this all has to be completely turned around again, so people can be free because people are decent. And if we stop uh, allowing energy and money to be siphoned off into fake terrorists and other biological and whatever supposed alien threats that are constructed just to have people scared and give them give up liberties, then, you know, I can see us on a completely different path because I'm, I'm really not buying this idea, you know, like either it becomes worse or maybe it can stay the same shitty way it is, you know? So for me, it's obvious there is no returning to any normal or new nor and the new normal is, you know, rainbows and dolphins, if anything. Ever the optimist, North Node Aquarius. I'm not even against that, but I mean, I'm just not seeing it. I'm not I'm not sure what to think. That's what I'm saying. It's like clearly Yeah, but then here just briefly because we talked about belief earlier, I believe at least <laughs> in the previous show I did in German, mm -hmm. but here as well. Um that's the whole point and that's also a fundamental decision. You say you're not seeing it. I could say in a sense I agree, but what matters? Many people love to say, you know, seeing is believing, but actually what do you say? Yeah, believing is seeing. That's the real causation. And this is the thing people have to get right again, because otherwise it's always about what is the media projecting. And there everyone knows by now it's just a conglomerate, you know, a few people like deciding what everyone should believe. Uh, this all, in a sense, how should I say, must be transcended. I guess with international travel, it's a little tricky because it's like so regulated that I can't just get on up you know, Jose's boat and cross the Atlantic. Or, you know, it's like, I have to go through certain channels that are getting more and well, more restricted. Well, even here, just to let are you know. Are you kind of I mean, talking about, like, I'm living on the wrong timeline, so I need to, like, make this work for myself through different means other than, like, adhering to the reality that I'm being told? That's an aspect of it. And what I just want to say, of course, if now they say you have to do these tests and so on, then you just have to approach the situation. And there's always stories of people, you know, crossing borders without passports ever since and doing all kinds of things that supposedly are so impossible. But there is always a way. That's mm -hmm. number one. Yeah, there, If you really want it, there's always a way. If you're scared into not even trying, well, you know, what's going to happen? You know, not a big question, right? Nothing's going to happen. Uh, and aside from that, 
even if I could say, okay, now I'm ex whatever, I'm okay with, for example, me, I don't need to travel right now, whatever. And I'm not even interested in even debating whether I should do a test or anything like that. Um, so from that point of view, for me, it's fine, but still that doesn't mean that I would accept further deterioration of liberties or that I would not expect and uh, be in joyous expectancy of all of these things being lifted again. And, you know, as usual, these things may not happen as fast or as smoothly as one would like. Um, however, it's just completely obvious to me. I mean, if you want to live in any way, shape or form on this planet, this direction and all of these things, it, it's not only that it cannot continue, but it's been so unsustainable and over controlled and centralized. It's bound to be reformed fundamentally. That's, I mean, to clear to me ever since. And just because it's become so extreme is another opportunity that we can recognize this. And what is a society, but a collection of individuals? Right. And I mean, clearly we're at sort of like a, a breaking point. I definitely feel like there are more to come as far as like these regulations and like, you know, deals behind closed doors that aren't for the benefit of society or individuals at all. And it's so frustrating to hear like some of my friends say like, oh, I can't wait till it all gets back to normal again. Or like, I'll see you one day when everything gets back to normal. And it's like, it's it's not like unless you kind of either make the normal it... is what led us into the misery in a sense you know that's the <laughs> yeah. other thing right yeah it, people always think it's like a static thing like you make a snapshot and that's how it is but that's usually just you know the the picture book of olden times in a glorified fashion i mean especially for the past hundred years i guess but anyways things are always moving <laughs> right. and changing so what is there to go back to you know in a sense right tricky times i mean i'm just not sure what to even expect like i've wondered if like we had a lot that was not normal i mean globalization it's hard to explain i'm wondering if we're gonna like we've gone three steps forward now so one step back situation for a while we just start doing confederations and we can't do international stuff i don't know what it looks like i don't really have expectations but it doesn't seem i mean i thought it would be a few months then it turned into i mean we've almost been doing this for a year so, and then I think Haley, where my fiance lives, is in England. They're talking about like being pretty hardcore until next fall. So, this is almost just like Stockholm syndrome, but they're like telling you, like, it'll be over soon, honey. Like, don't worry. Yeah, but it's it never, like, oh. it never is. And at least after a year, this also should be obvious. I think it's a worldwide tactic that they always change their objective. They fudge the numbers. And then even if it would hit something, they just change the topic and say, oh, now this is more important. Now this is the new scare, particular issue we need to take care of. And even just from a logical point of view, not just the official policies, but also health recommendations have like, it's almost like, a, I don't know, Russian ballet dancer or whatever, how there's turning and spinning and changing position all the time. So nobody, I mean, Maybe I'm too harsh, but I just want to say like, there is no logic to this anymore whatsoever. And uh, I just see, and there is signs and even astrologically, I just heard today because of, I believe Taurus, maybe Taurus and Mars or something like this, but that's something happened, Taurus, yeah. but something that happened with Taurus. And that's basically why in Italy now, all kinds of restaurants are opening up and they're packed. And uh, you know, there may be different waves and all of Cause these things. Cause they want good food. <laughs> Yeah, and just want to live. And I guess, you know, they don't want their middle economy and small economies to be completely broken. 
And for me, I don't even need all of these restaurants. I always found it kind of superfluous, but I can understand, you know, people enjoy it. And anyhow, people should be allowed to do as they please, take their own risk, make their own decision and not be mandated. But this recognition of how much control do I, do I accept and when do I step into my sovereignty, as I mentioned on other shows, I think this is <clears throat> crucially important as an individual psycho-spiritual development. So I think it's kind of great that the opportunity here is given and that at least the governments that instated all those lockdowns at least themselves are not really looking to step back because through varying ways they in a sense must be defroned or just you know very civilly and of course peacefully uh, disobeyed or whatever just so that the people again recognize they truly are the sovereign not just from some kind of theoretical legal point of view which got super subverted twisted and uh, co-opted but de facto from a metaphysical point of view. And this can serve as a great exercise. At least that's honestly how I see the, this whole charade. You're right, way more hopeful than me. Need, huh? I'm, I'm not, I have no expectation, but he seems like it's just like, it's a flip of the switch. I'm like, people aren't well, going to lesson. gigs. Right. It's well, a lesson. And it's going to take until, of course, of course, and it's going to continue. And, it's, and, it, and in a sense, it is gonna and almost has to get worse until people say, no more. Even if you were the most, you know, benevolent God, and I don't wish, you know, neither any type of malady nor stress nor anything upon anyone. But honestly, how, even from a, you know, highest point of view, how would you teach the people if they're so beaten down through generations of trauma and so on? You have to give them the opportunity to stand up for themselves. And it has never been so easy. Just got to take off a mask or not be the first one to sign up for a vaccination. It's really simple these days. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Kind of, go for it. That baffles me that people are just lining up to get I'm not going to take that shit. Oh, hell uh, no. I and even no here, never forget, just briefly, never forget the propaganda. This is the real power even of any negative entity. They, they cast a big shadow. Never forget that. That's a bias, I think. One always has to include upon contemplating any of the publicized opinion and what's supposedly happening. Because even about Austria, I heard a case where apparently <clears throat> through an individual connection, like a commander of a military unit who was responsible for a testing, and officially they reported whatever number X, but actually there was almost nobody there. And you just add these things together and uh, it's really, so what I want to say is people are then often again demoralized, demoralized basically. And that again, I just want to be specific, is a communist tactic, you know, um, demoralized uh, population and then it's like, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, oh it's going to get worse or oh, whatever, lock up my door, not meet my friends and maybe, you know, organize to just open up my restaurant because everyone is healthy and I know how to wash my hands or whatever you want to say, you know. Um, so this has to always be taken into account. And that's why I'm kind of so, if you will, pronoic, not even because of any background plans of any positive forces, but just because of a pragmatic assessment and understanding in a sense, you know, the tools of the quote unquote enemy, you know, which in this case just means uh, the idea of, um, how do you say, worry, angst and uh, fear. fear yeah yeah i'm kind of over it but i i just don't know how to i mean it's not like it doesn't feel like i can just go like you know plug in a guitar amp in a street and start jamming it's, it's like the world is like being cuckolded or something and who says no you can't do that well it's I've very tried. cold here 
Well, actually, it's oddly enough, the place I was open mic doing stuff had a you know million dollar sound system here, and the owners sold it because they divorced. So there's no open mic nights in this venue here anymore where I live in this small oh, ass yeah. town. I know. Um, I mean, ultimately, I'll probably have to take like, it over to. No, I can't. Although I've been like, maybe I should find an investor. It's like a dope spot and all this stuff. But the point, I guess, is I don't know. It feels like there's like a double down where you are or like go find greener grass. Like I kind of feel almost like how British people probably felt right when they were like, let's go to America or not. I'm like, where's the new place I can go and just start over and do my own thing with cool people? That's yeah, there aren't like any opportunities here. There's like zero opportunities here. That's anymore. how I feel. Yeah, right. <laughs> Apparently Albania is popping. I don't know, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to go over there and be like, I mean, it's like, a, that's not a great North example. North Dakota? Dude, trust me, you don't want to go there. Because? I don't know. There's just not a lot happening. I mean, if you want like wide open spaces, go well, for are it. You sh- no, but are you sure? Because this, I mean, honestly, this is one assessment I would make. Unfortunately, I believe we we better we get a better new world order control than you guys over there even i think because i don't know if there is even a single well supposedly in i believe serbia there's no more covid but you have to get tested getting in but the waiters don't have masks anymore so i mean there is some deviation i believe but um just from what i had heard in north dakota i think no one lives I, there or it was south dakota i'm not sure but Both. um they're like they're okay Sure. I mean, I'm sure. But anyhow, there's this woman governor and she almost did no lockdowns. And even while everyone was still crazy scared and so on, she said that her state is open for business. At least on face value, I found that to be quite nice. I don't know about the exact regulations or anything they have, but I can only suppose that at least... They are like the Albania of America. They need... I mean, they're still... Because if they don't, they will die. (laughs) Yeah. like, okay, whatever. interesting. Go for it. During the pandemic, even though like a lot of the uh, Republican Party were like anti-maskers and like all of that stuff, like um, their states, like the red states, quote unquote, where had like less um, in infections or deaths or whatever, less uh, COVID infections than the blue states. But kind of thinking about that is even most of the blue states have major metropolitan areas in them correct yeah and so the and they're usually you know on either coast the east coast or the west coast and there's like huge dense populations there is like north dakota south dakota of course it's not going to be there's there's like 20 people that live in that whole state <laughs> you know obviously a little more than that maybe Probably not. i was gonna look it up it's gotta be less, i mean it's definitely less than a million i know that like there's right. no way there's a, there's that many people i'll check it out but um so just to mention so what you bring up of course is a great point and even here has to be said it depends how much do you test and there's a hundred thousand ways how you can manipulate that but I'm not sure how much you're into this. Me, in my case, now claiming to know that these tests are computer, super unreliable and are testing an isolate that actually has been artificially composed synthetically. So it's a composite. And that's what they're testing again. So, you know, this is the thing where they always say, oh, you can't say that, whatever. But in my view, really, it appears, as far as I can understand, this particular variant that is being presented is as literal as it can get a hoax similar to what's happened with hiv again to understand this one has to look up fauci his history and uh, 
-hmm. it's no there is no new um how should i say new games or whatever here it's same playbooks actually so just that you understand in my assessment there is no actually real new threat coming from that there's all kinds of real health threat real health threats starting from you know bad diet bad mood uh, but especially also which is unfortunately really completely disregarded which i cannot get is people just going insane because they're locked down children going insane because they can't go play you know and then at some point even if one would believe in contagion in the sense they presented which i don't for many different reasons you will still have to say i have to at least make an honest risk assessment and um it's yeah from that point of view to me let's say the situation is clear but all i wanted to say is that if you're looking for places with a bit more freedom uh i can only assume those do also exist at least in 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 variations or at least to a degree even in the us even apparently in europe as it spoke about or as sj talked to us about with albania well it feels like it's not just about freedom which is part of the problem but the spirit of everybody's dampened I feel like it's a psyop warfare, spiritual warfare apocalypse. Of course, like everyone's that's like, for sure. It has yeah. health 100%. Bar. That's the yeah, real. So that, like, that's the real issue. So the real way, in a sense, just to give something practical in my view, to quote unquote, not even fight back, but you know, integrate, transcend it, is just to be in a good mood wherever you are, whatever many opportunities you think there are, but just mm -hmm. staying happy and uh, you know doing what fool. you can. Yeah, to totally. I mean, by now, for sure. Yeah, I'm totally with that. Uh, there's so like, during the beginning of quarantine, I was, you know, doing my thing. I was, you know, doing all my homesteading and like, potions and all that, like doing yoga, staying healthy, staying positive. And like, it was towards the end, I was just like losing stamina. I wasn't interested in what I was doing anymore. Um, I think that's the point. Like the disinterest, it's not even in life because life's great. It's like, what are we doing as humans? It's a real existential dark night of the soul for everybody where it's like, yeah. does any of the, I mean, most people who are working insane jobs in cities and commuting yeah, and stuff are working from home and they're like, I never have to do that rat race again ever. Oh my God. So it's like, that's cool. But I wasn't part of that fucking socioeconomic situation anyway. <laughs> no benefit so, for us. Yeah. I'm like, great. I'm glad you're free, bro, but I can't do shit. So I want to eat acid in the Alps. What the fuck? Or whatever. Yeah. Well, like, most, so I finally, like, I took some steps to get, like, out of that funk, for sure. Like, because it was just a couple months there, like, October, November, December, where I was just, like, depressed. And so I made some lifestyle changes. And, like, I'm still talking to people that have. And, like, they're either in one boat where they're, like, man, that sucked. Like, I'm going to try and do better. And some people that are still like really, really struggling, like with depression and and stuff that they've never had to deal with before. Luckily, I mean, I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's divided in more ways than one. Not not politically. Not. Um, that was I a mean, burden for a while. Where it's just like, oh my god. I mean, in American politics, there's. I don't think that's going to be over right now, particularly just because we have a new president. Just like 2021 doesn't mean all the energy shifts because of growing calendar. But I think in some ways, we have talking to SJ, I think we're basically at the bottom of the V of like the heaviness. And it's going to start kicking off the bottom of the pool and we'll start reintegrating it. And, and hopefully people haven't killed themselves or, you know, developed diabetes from fucking alcoholism or whatever. And right. hopefully we're better yeah, after maybe, this. Maybe that was to check like 
everyone who doesn't get uh, who doesn't commit suicide in I don't know one two three years of utter craziness gets to enter the golden age. <laughs> oh God, yeah, <laughs> like you made it. Because <laughs> I've got a golden ticket. I'm, I'm I mean, just like, God damn it. And hopefully that's true. Like, I think that's true, like, at least astrologically, too, because all of these heavy Capricornian lessons are finally, like, a little lighter now. Like, I'm sick of learning stuff, quite honestly. <laughs> like, stop teaching me the lessons. Like, You know it's bad when the Capricorn says, stop Capricorn. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you know, it'll lighten up a little bit, and hopefully, like... We'll come out of this slumber like. Okay, that's what so Esther said, up... twenty twenty-five, and that's also the date. Twenty-six, but right. Yeah. I but, mean, I like but that number even Jupiter more. That's Jupiter and Venus or Neptune. He was saying, I think, and or Pisces rather. Something else happens. Some big switches. Um, when he thinks there'll be kind of like a renaissance. I think right now we're just getting fucking the shit beat out of us, and it's like if we can hold on, like Rudy, I guess we get to play in the game, like you're saying. But it's like, goddamn, this isn't fun. It could be worse. I'm being a bitch, but it's like straight up. I mean, it's such a rhyme where it's cold. There's and no stuff. bombs falling. I mean, <laughs> it could be way worse. Yeah, I definitely could be in a way worse position than I am now. Like, for you're sure. still working. I am. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I see. I live in such a small town. It's basically like nowhere is open. I mean, maybe they are, and I just don't. I'm so antisocial at this point. I'm like, I don't want to wear a mask and hang out with people and maybe get something that I don't even know if it's true. Like, you see what I mean? I'm just like, fuck it. So I don't really socialize anyway. I love your logic, Jim. I know. It's like, avoid the ghost that maybe doesn't exist. So, but Although I can working... assume in your case, it's other reasons too, no? I mean, I don't know how hip the community is. Well, I don't is. have a car. It's not like, I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. So the closest town, which I've biked to for weed once a few years ago, is like 40 miles away. I biked there. That was gnarly. What? Uh, yeah, I know. I was like, I want to get weed. And then I biked there. I was like, oh my God, I'm done. <laughs> and I quit right after that. I was like, this is retarded. But um, <laughs> anyway, Caroline, what's up with uh, working? How, how, I mean, how is... Cause to me, I'm not I'm not yeah. engaging. Well, I go to Walmart once a month and I'm on food stamps. I'm like, cool. I got my fucking apocalypse, you know, vegan proteins and rice. Like, that's how my life is right now. It's like super ascetic. So... Maybe the world isn't as bad as I think, and it's just my world is very tall. But what's working like with uh, COVID? Um, so the restaurant industry is like pretty much the only thing that's keeping Richmond economy alive right now. Um, like yeah, people can work from home. Uh, actually, my um my roommate, she's a paralegal. She still goes into the office. Um. They reopened, but there's no days off now because now we know everybody can work from home. <laughs> um, so basically, it is touch and go. We have to be kind of like school teachers to people that come in like, hey, put your mask on. Hey, like, you know, just basically telling adults how to be adults and considerate. So it's really frustrating in certain ways. Um, I'm still happy to be able to make an income. And also just get out of the house because I love my coworkers. Um, I'm actually yeah. envious of a slave. Like, I'm like, I wish I was just delivering pizzas. I don't even care. It sucks. <laughs> That's why I straight up. I'm like, I got enough. Maybe I should buy a car and go to a major city and just like, hope I don't die. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're not likely to, you're not in the age category or the health category 
to for it to be I'm not even that necessarily afraid, life but I'm like I don't I feel like life is just not that fun right now. Like everyone's basically afraid, distanced. It probably doesn't even feel it's surreal. Like when I go to Walmart, Oh my gosh, it's an act. Like it's half half of it is just performative. And I kind of hate that word, but it really is. Um, it's, I mean, just the way people act and they, the ultra-sanitizing like and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. It's like, that's not science. And <laughs> like, uh, it just doesn't make any sense in the way people are um, interacting with each other. Like, you can tell that some of the people know somebody that got infected and you can tell other people don't know anybody that got infected. And, but they all still decided to show up to the restaurant. You Did know? you have you seen those memes of the people right when it broke out with like various like makeshift masks going to Costco panic buying or whatever? That was some of the funniest yeah. shit I've seen in my life. Like people <laughs> like wearing bags over their heads. Like a horse like, head. Like, like... Uh, yeah, like but no one has to say quite a few would at least technically, if you really would believe in aerosol based transmission, be more effective than most of the cloth whatever most people have been wearing most of the time and also here i just want to point out these ideas have been overturned a hundred thousand times i could only imagine i mean i'm really happy that i'm not in any position unless i bring myself in it where i have to wear it and i definitely don't need any to tell anyone to wear it i would never cross my mind so Raphael's um, the person walking into your restaurant where you're having to tell him to put on the mask basically nice. I didn't go in a restaurant before I'm not interested in going in there now especially not if they would want me to suffocate you know it's the issue is and well I can once kind you of... sit down at the table you can take it off see this yeah, is yeah, why yeah, I sure. think it's like somewhat performative because so when you're sitting down it makes no difference because I guess your air bubble is slightly smaller six feet have... it won't go anywhere no, what I'm yeah. saying is with all of these <laughs> uh, things because there was a time when I didn't research this so deeply like with the testing and I got into it 10 years ago actually researching about AIDS when it wasn't even really hip so it was not such a heated thing for me to think about still like super dogmatic because you know so many people died and it's such a crazy disease and whatever but you know i was able to handle the cognitive dissonance to get into it and it was easy to like reapply that knowledge uh, to what is happening right now so but before i did that i could i also tried sometimes like imagine the infection and how would it spread and this and that and what are the likelihoods and so on and honestly back then i was almost like it doesn't make sense to me like the models that are presented to me that at least to the best of that I could discern didn't really fit. And later on, when I learned different models, I was like, oh, basically this base theory of contagion, the way they present it, just is basically complete BS. Uh, because even otherwise, how do you want to, like it doesn't compute, just like you said, you need it when you go in, then you can take it off while you eat, but then the people touch their face. So what's happening now if you get that part of saliva like on your food you eat it then you're going to get infected how does this work exactly you know and um because really i tried to understand it in the way they presented and i was like this just doesn't fly it doesn't fit and not just that i'm too stupid which you know may well be but the issue is that it just doesn't match <laughs> no. with the observation of reality at all and even if i had the best intentions of trying to believe it i'm just like i'm sorry but it's this is too illogical you know you kind of can, can see what i'm saying right yes and um, so there's also this theory. So in Virginia right now, it's it's really high. I think it's like uh, 
12% or something of the population has gotten infected. And like the governor keeps saying like, oh, once we get to 10, we're going to shut down. Or like, now we're going to get to 12, we're going to shut down. And they're really Albania. What? This is a joke from yesterday. They really like the Albania of Europe because like they have to stay open for business. (laughs) They don't care. Well, one of my uh, coworkers had a great point where it's like, no, actually, he's he's waiting to shut down because he's waiting for, like, his our, his constituents to get funding to help us shut down so we can still live and buy groceries and eat. Or also with... be civil unrest and craziness. Right. I mean, exactly. if there's a bunch of people who are starving and shit, it, masks and nice six feet distancing is going to be the least of everyone's problem. I mean, it'll be people, the the, the real issue is that, as we discussed, it's, it's exacerbating any actual problem that may exist. You know, if children are scared to meet their grandparents, people just aren't interacting. I mean, for maybe some people like us, it's easier to like mitigate that in different ways or just still meet up with people and not be so scared or something. But for many, this is like really, really bad, you know, like really bad. Like um, as bad as thinking yeah. a nuke will go off in the 50s. I mean, this exactly, is like a exactly. psyop war. This is a cold war. This is a cold war. And again, it's something, it's so nice because it's something that's so far away removed from you. In this case, it's not a big, bad nuclear warhead somewhere in Russia, but it's a super tiny something, you know? Who knows? No one knows exactly what Everybody's it is, you know? And suspect. it's potentially everywhere. I mean, how amazing is that, you know? The only yeah, other thing you've got... Yeah, we're all suspicious of each other. Is it you? Well, speaking exactly, of words, it's yeah. like communism turned into like, uh, you know, you know, the Vietnam War and all this kind of shit, and the Cold War turned into like specifically more oil targets, Middle Eastern stuff, and Arabs. I guess you could say with nine eleven, uh, and then turned into like certain terrorists. And now it's turning into like, I mean, between COVID and I guess this whole QAnon, whatever the capital thing is, they're talking about domestic terrorism now. It's just get. It's like everybody's right. suspicious of everybody, and it's no fun anymore. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like this. America sucks. <laughs> like the world is the, the yeah, world suck. I want like I, a jungle yeah. party. What the fuck? No, 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 no. I, that, and that's what I think. I really. Well, it's the you, states like Pluto return, right? Since the revolution. Yeah, well, right. America's going through a Pluto return. I think I don't know if we'll make it. I mean, I mean, not everyone will die, but it's like I don't think normal's ever coming back. Like you were saying. Right. Like, you know, Chuck E. Cheese and fucking <laughs> deep run well, 5Ks. Away, in general, anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I just like the dream. That's kind of what I wonder is like, was, you know, international travel a luxury that I just got accustomed to? Like, can I, can we even do that anymore? Or just, you know, it just turns into like stay in your continent. I mean, I wouldn't want that, but it's like, I don't understand. Well, it's definitely a privilege that that is how it affected your life instead of like, I can't make uh, ends meet to feed my children. Like, Definitely, it is a different um, level. Yeah, and what I'd like is a world where neither of those are considered a privilege anymore. Right. The one time yeah, I'm glad I'm not invested in the system because the system's collapsing. Like, I just got my first credit card. I'm like, <laughs> am I going to need this? Like, no 401k? No, just a credit card. Where I was like, all right, I've never had credit, which I've got actually pretty good credit right now. But I'm like, this is irrelevant. I can't, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> money is failing. What even probably. to do with it? That's the thing, right? I know, like Bitcoin's the future, right? <laughs> I don't know. Like we talked about that yesterday. I bought a hundred bucks, and it's just not. I've lost. I've only. It's not going up. I'm not. I don't care on the one hand, so I could spend a hundred bucks on that. But I'm like, because one, I almost put all my money in. I glad I did not. Um, but yeah, it's just a weird time. Like I was saying, it, it feels just kind of like 
like soldiers in between wars or something like that. We're just like, what are we doing? We're just, what are we doing exactly here? There's, it doesn't feel like anyone has a plan. The plans are all differentiated. So like Raphael doesn't think it's what, you know, I'm not going to speak for him, but he's like, COVID's not what they say. I'm not saying it is or isn't, but I'm in a world where people are acting like it's real. Like my brother and his girlfriend think it's very real. You know, so it's just like it I sucks. have a friend that literally has not left his house since last March. That's not a real. foot outside of the, his house. That's like that'll kill you. Yeah. Yes. And then it becomes really real. See, didn't even get out, still caught COVID. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny because I guess <laughs> Raphael's right because it's like almost like an evolutionary like you got to be this tall to get through and it's like if you can like weather this storm, I guess you'll be fine. But man, the storm, it's more annoying than anything. I think that's where it's a, it's a frustrating and nuisance kind of situation. It's not so much like, oh my God, I'm afraid for my safety. The people are going to come in and mob and rip off my head like the French Revolution. It's like, this is just stupid. Like it's frustrating. It's like annoying. That's what I mean. And that's maybe petty and privileged, but I'm just like, fuck this. Like. Can we just, like, I'm always going to get back to normal, but, like, at least create a new normal? Like, what the fuck? Right, like, I feel uh, there's two ways, and I think a lot of people that I've talked to aren't doing this, is, like, you got to find a way to weather the storm. Like, you got to find how you can cope. And with me... Thank God for Netflix. Well, yeah, totally. Also, like, I... I need human interaction. So I have like a bubble, like I have my friend bubble, you know, I don't wear a mask around my roommate, even though she goes to work and stuff and I go to work. Um, there's like a friend bubble, you know, hobbies and I've been reading a lot more than I have, but like some people are just, I don't know, getting, getting wasted every night or I don't know, like just not, coping not dealing not um facing quote-unquote reality i guess i don't know it's strange strange times indeed well i mean we could talk about this at infinitum i'm sure but i don't want to uh talk forever i mean, are there any kind of parting thoughts from you caroline or Raphael? we've talked about a bit caroline's interesting character i, I mean she's team rabbit hole as fuck she's definitely gang um and she's cool. So if anyone listening, I mean, I'm not gonna say everybody hit her up or whatever, but it's like she's cool. Uh, I can vouch for <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like, oh, Couchsurfing <laughs> just got crazy in Richmond. Watch out. Um, no, but it's, I, you've always been on board with like the kind of like DIY like bohemianism and that kind of what I figure made sense before this whole thing popped. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can make like a creative like pod workspace like community thing one day that would be so rad did you have any parting thoughts um, beyond like maybe one day that would be rad like i don't know two cents you would leave anybody oh it's just kind of referring to when we were talking about like it earlier in the combat but um parting thoughts um not really thanks for listening to my story <laughs> Yeah, dude, you're cool. I mean, I've always thought you're cool. She is actually cool, Raphael, so it's not me just selling her. Um, she's Something I can determine that, I mean, de determine and realize that for myself that that is the case. But yes, yeah, thank you, too. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Caroline, for coming on. Yeah, I'm all, it's always fun uh, catching up. Uh, like, we haven't talked in a year, basically, so it's been crazy. 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, keep doing your thing. Save the money. Maybe you know Germany and fun things will come soon. But I guess be the change and try. Yeah, to... something cool is gonna happen out of all this. I believe. Fingers sure. fucking crossed. Yeah. That doesn't need to be crossed. It's going to happen. But yeah, it's just maybe going to take a little time, which is what I guess we have plenty of on our hands now. Yeah, or fingers. I believe usually in the mantra poses, Jesus has his fingers straight, no? So who knows? I don't know. (laughs) Jim, you're the Bible (laughs) scholar. Anyways, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on, Caroline. Thank you, Jim, as always. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And yeah, catch you in the next now. Radio Okie Talk, Radio Okie Talk.